0: Uh, Liberty Cave, okay. Uh, That's one of your folks out there, Steve. Yep, yep. Okay, so um, I believe that we're feeding out to the people out there in the world. Welcome to Utreon. If you're watching this later or listening to this later and you're like, why are these guys on, what's this Utreon thing? That's so we can go live and that we could have, we could hold guns like that, so. I'm not sure. I don't think. I think uh, temporarily offline said he doesn't have any shooters right now. So I will be. I will be showing off the shooters, and uh, maybe later when we get Glenn Tate on, he's supposed to be here. But he he's. yeah, I just have the radios. The radio. Okay, there you go. That's dangerous enough according to the certain people out there in the world. This <laughs> this one's bright yellow. It's going to it's
1: going to take down the world.
0: Yeah, dangerous man, dangerous man. So yeah, if you want to join us live, Utreon is the place to go. I'm on Utreon. Oh, well the podcast is on Utreon as who moved my freedom. Of course, uh, also Hank Strange is on there. It's temporarily offline on Utreon yet. It'll be working on it.
1: So I just I clicked the button today and I clicked the import channel link. So Yes. Oh, you're on your way. You're on your way. So that
0: it's being <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Okay, that being said, uh let's let's see, let's start the show here. Let's get going. And hopefully we get Glenn somewhere here. Lola's working on that, so bear with us.
2: Welcome back to the Hank Strange Situation. Lifestyles of the Locked and Loaded.
0: Steve, I know you're new at this. There's this thing that we do here. It's called Jazz Hands. It's a tradition. We've been oh. doing it for years. Everyone has to do it. There you go. There you go. There goes the Jazz Hands. We're taking it back from the terrorists. <laughs> we are alive. I hope you guys. I hope you guys have your big girl panties on. This is episode 890. 890. So we've got 10 more to 900, and 110 more to a thousand episodes, and then. The Joe Rogan type money starts rolling in around it now. Is,
1: is that what it happens? I got a long way to go.
0: <laughs> well, that's what Joe Rogan said. I don't know. And other people say that, but I doubt it. I haven't even seen like a trickle of that yet. However, you know, we're we're getting there. We're getting close. Um, my my guest tonight, author Glenn Tate. He should be here. Lawyer, author. Uh, he he writes uh, these these novels about being prepared. I think the, the series is 299 days. I started mm-hmm. listening to that. We should see him here in a while. Until he gets here, we've got my friend Steve of Temporarily Offline on the YouTubes. I'm looking here that's to right. see what's your KM9G. That's your call sign? Oh, that's you my know call what? sign. It's on your Look at that. You got that on I your was prepared. Ha- would you look at that? It's a, it's a that? show. I was prepared. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> yeah. So I met I met Steve at Hamcation, along with a bunch of other uh, ham radio dudes. You know, throw, I saw you were throwing up your. This is my first ham radio right there. You know, ID fifty two. Is that uh What this is, is that?
1: B Tech six by two, Balfang ah. Tech, not Balfang. Ah. This, oh. this is the Balfang, the UB5 Army model. Yeah.
0: Oh, the so. dudes out there have got ba- or What is it, Balfang? Is that how we're supposed to say it? So
1: I say Balfang. You can say Bofang. You can say pofang. You can say Baofang. Oh, goodness gracious.
0: <laughs> okay. I just call it a fang.
1: I'm a, I'm a member of the fang army.
0: <laughs> right. Okay. All right. Yes. Yeah. So that's one of those things we'll get into, the pronunciation. No, got, Go yeah, ahead. I've got big boy radios, too. Yeah. Oh, listen. Those things are being used over in the Ukraine. The the Russians are using them. The Ukrainians yep. are using them. So it's legit, right? It's in a war. Can't get more legit yep. than that. Are the, are the ham radio uh, snobs still gonna keep talking bad about people that get those?
1: Oh, I, always. That's that's one of the things that happens when you get your license. You get a whole list of things that are now grievances that you get to take up and and oh. be a member of. You know, right. it, it used to be like get off my lawn. Now it's uh-huh. like Quit using those Chinese radios. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of that at that show, actually, when Lola and I hey. got. Yeah. So I I, mean, th- I think everyone out there in the audience knows the story. However, we went to Hamcation. We met actually Jason, uh, Ham Radio 2.0. And then there's a lot of Jasons in the ham radio world. Jason
1: KM4ACK, yep. yeah. Jason W5IPA, they're all right. over the place. Yeah, there's it's just Jason, mousy with
0: them. Yeah, I don't know what the gigaparts Jason is, but I met those two at. Um, no, I always call sign. Yeah, I'm not sure what it is either, but I met those two at uh, the um, Overlanding East in Virginia last year, and then they invited us to to Hamcation. We studied. We went there. We got our technicians license. Myself and Lola met you. We met a ham radio dude. Yep. Right? An evil guy named Sean, as all people named Sean are. I I don't know if he's watching this or not, but, you know, this is a known fact. You know, cats are evil. Dude's named Sean, evil. There you go. Uh, Prove me wrong. That's my challenge to the world. Prove me wrong.
2: So actually, he's a confirm pretty... nor deny.
1: <laughs> he's actually a pretty good dude. He's funny. Uh, I only that's... know about how awesome Steves are. Steve Rogers, Steve oh. Austin, Steve Tre- oh. Trevor, mm. Steve McQueen. Wow, you got a list of Steves. He Steve. <laughs> yes. made a movie about it. The Tale of Steve. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Do you have, Do you have more? Oh uh well no that was that was a all big part of that list. Uh yeah, six million dollar man, Steve, I forget what his name was. Isn't Steve there a,
0: yeah, isn't there a movie with all about Steve or something like that?
1: The Tao of Steve, yeah. Is it yeah. the no so Lola's prompting me to tell people about myself and, and my my channel.
0: Yes, Lola is always trying to boss me around. Okay. So we're not gonna let so, her have it? Well, okay, I guess we'll you know.
1: It's a good choice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I do, uh, I've got a couple of different things that are going on in my world. I am a member of a, uh, a crew of hams. We do a Saturday and Sunday morning zoo show on mm-hmm. YouTube called Coffee and Ham Radios. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we just talk about whatever that's ham radio adjacent. Uh, sometimes it's not even ham radio. We did some overlanding and some, some more uh, GMRS type stuff. Mm -hmm. and i do um hacking this is actually the uh zygu x6100 this is a a radio that you know is tactical because it's got paracord on it but it's (laughs) running a linux operating system and i've been able to (laughs) root the operating system on it and load my own custom software on it Mm -hmm. and then uh i do a lot of retro tech stuff just because you know i'm i'm an older guy, and I used to play with this stuff when I was younger and poor, and now I'm older and have a little bit more disposable income, and so I play with some Commodore 64s and some older computers, and I've actually built them from, you know, complete bare circuit boards all the way up. I do some repair work, and I just have a lot of fun with technology. So uh, what made you, you know, what made you, how
0: how long ago was it that you got into ham radio, and why?
1: So I grew up, and I'm I'm a firearms instructor. Also, I grew up in the uh, Washington D.C. metro area, and one of the stories that I tell is I there's this thing that says recognize um, like don't, don't walk into an event already in progress. And I worked in Chinatown, uh, and. I got hungry after work and I wanted to go get something to eat and Chipotle's right across the street. So if you're not familiar with Chinatown, there's the big arch, it's a tourist trap where people take photos and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. There's one of the two busiest metro stations in the Washington DC area, the Chinatown metro station. There is the, uh, I think it's called the Verizon Center now where the Washington Capitals, which used to be called the Washington Bullets um, play. And they do a bunch of concerts like Justin Bieber has been there. I know you guys are all big, uh, Justin Bieber fans. Sure. And, we're believers.
0: Um, we're believers. Yeah. There's a exactly, couple of believers exactly. out there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so it's a big noisy area. There's always a police presence. There's always protesters on the corner. There's always tourists taking pictures. There's always, 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 always stuff. And I tried to go into Chipotle and the police wouldn't let me in. And I had no clue why they wouldn't let me in. And it turned out that Chipotle had just been robbed. And over the natural background radiation of the area, I couldn't tell that the restaurant across the street from where I worked and spent you know, eight or nine hours a day next to the metro station that I go into every single day and come out of every single day had just been robbed. I'm like, this is mm-hmm. like, my, my situational awareness level had gotten to like near zero because of just the constant din of chaos and mayhem that happened. So I'm like, I'm getting out of there. I moved up to a place in Wisconsin. It's a town called Luck. The population is less than four digits. Um, I've got lots of acreage I did a lot of farming and a lot of homesteading type stuff Um, and that's how I got into radio was I I want to try and do all of these self-reliant self-sufficient type things Mm -hmm. and uh, radio has been just a lot of fun I didn't imagine I'd be talking to people in Australia and New Zealand and Japan with zero infrastructure just all on stuff that I assembled in my backyard or or whatever the case may be so right and no cell phone bill yeah exactly You know, um, I, I may I kinda, or may not be paying more <laughs> for radios at this point. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. You know, I kind of got into this for the same reason. You know, it's why I got into firearms and uh, and then obviously the advocacy that comes with that for the Second Amendment. Right. Because that whole mm-hmm. idea of being prepared, being self-reliant. I grew up in New York City. You know, right now there's the story out there about this base, uh, in my opinion, a terrorist who, um like, set off some smoke bombs and then shot a bunch of people on the subways in New York City, where New York has got the most draconian uh, anti gun laws that I've ever seen. I think uh, I'm, I'm gonna say they're probably worse than what's in California. People can argue with me on that, but so no one was there able to defend themselves, and the guy basically had to turn himself in. <laughs> you know, took the cops in New York City, they couldn't track him down, but he turned himself in, and that's how they found him. So, yeah, all of that, like growing up like that and, you know, I always was into guns, but I really, first of all, in New York City, not able to legally really get into anything. Right. And, and so moved to Florida to, to get away from all of that stuff, become more self-reliant, got into guns, started doing YouTube stuff about it. And then part of that, you know, self-reliance is being able to communicate when things go down you know, when the, if, so for example, Florida has hurricanes, you get a good hurricane here, you lose power for a couple of days, you won't have phones. That's just how it is. So that's how I've gotten into it. And I'm sure a lot of folks out there, I would like to know for the folks out there, let us know if you are also, uh, in ham radio and what your call sign is. That's, you know, if you're out there in the chat, let us know. Yeah.
1: So when I lived in Maryland, they went crazy with their gun laws in Maryland, too. And Mm -hmm. we actually had video of the Maryland state legislature doing a vote um, as to whether they were going to pass an anti-gun bill. And it went halfway around the room. Everybody was voting on it as it went around the room. And they were counting. And they realized that the vote wasn't going to pass. They paused the vote, took some people behind the scenes, whipped them into shape, brought them back out and restarted the vote, which is technically against the rules of the legislature, but Mm -hmm. it's the legislature breaking the legislature's rules. Who's going to, so the bill was, was going to pass or was not going to pass. It was not going to pass. And then they Mm -hmm. said, you know, remember that time I did that thing for you and you owe Mm -hmm. me for that? Well, you need to change your vote, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I don't know what words were said, but the person came back and changed his votes and, uh, so we took it to you know how you're taught in school that there's these checks and balances and we have mm-hmm. these three branches of government that are supposed to you know maintain order and control. We took it over to the uh, Maryland State Supreme Court and the judiciary branch and said this happened, it's wrong. We need you to fix this. And they said, oh, it's a it's a legislative problem. Just you know take care of that yourselves, mm-hmm. okay. And then to make matters even worse, when it went through the legislature and passed. Mm -hmm. then it went to the maryland state police and the maryland state police added their own set of laws to it i'm like i am i am out of here i'm just gone Mm -hmm. this is ridiculous yeah so up in wisconsin you walk into the local uh holiday gas station and it's you know opening day of deer season and everybody's (laughs) dressed in camo and carrying (laughs) rifles and they're like hey did you get any today and i'm like yeah i got two in the back of the truck you know and everybody's fine
0: yeah, Wisconsin's awesome. Florida was great when I moved here, man. Florida's getting some bad there's some bad gun laws here in Florida we have to do stuff about. And we're having a tough time getting constitutional carry here, so. Um someone Night Train says that the idea that the guy turned himself in is not true. That says he was eating at a local McDonald's over in East Village in Manhattan. Someone recognized him and called 911. Uh eh, okay I I'm pretty sure I read before I came in so that could be right but I read before I came in here that the guy wound up turning himself in. Uh he called he he called the cops and told them where he was and then when they came down there he had left but they saw him but he gave up without a fight really so I don't know. Who knows lots of things coming out you know coming out about this whole story right now it's all it's constantly developing, so I could have it wrong. Um, who knows what's going on with that but just to make the I think the big point I want to make about that is that people in New York City were not able to defend themselves It's very difficult to get a concealed carry permit in New York City. My younger brother I, actually a lot of my family lives in New York City, but my younger brother. Lives there, and he can only get permits to have to have the gun, but not to like he can't get a carry permit. You know, typically, you know, you have to call in favors, be really wealthy, and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes they have scandals that the cops, because it's not a uh, shall issue state, so sometimes there's scandals that the NYPD, you know, is taking bribes and stuff like that to to, uh, you know, give people that carry permit. So you've got lots of good people in New York, probably a lot of them that would be better trained than a lot of police officers there. I'm not, like, against police officers. I have uh, members of my family, people I really care about that are police officers, some of them in New York. But, you know, the the training is not the best. (laughs) There's not a lot of gun training there. There's not a lot of range time, except maybe for some tactical units and stuff like that. I do um I do know some people who are in the tactical units and they're definitely better. But typically that guy right there on the scene, you know, is not going to be as trained as someone who's interested in guns and maybe been in that for a long time and we should allow those people, you know, and uh, and other people for that matter to to be able to legally carry in New York City and be able to defend themselves. So um so and Night Train says that NYPD corrupt and taking bribes, inconceivable.
1: Yeah. Well, this is a bribe that I could kind of get behind. You know, if it's a if it's a shell issue state and they'll take a bribe to turn that into a uh, <laughs> I mean, if it's a if it's a May issue state, and they'll take a bribe to turn it into a shell yeah. issue thing. Then, yeah, I'll take that.
0: Yeah. It depends on how much money you got to pay. Right. Or does that? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It's it's terrible. You know, it's terrible that that exists. Like Florida, for example, you you do your stuff you're supposed to do, and they got to issue that that thing to you. So, yep. You know how closely do you look at this? You know, like the Second Amendment stuff. I know you said you're, you know, you're an instructor. Do you follow that closely, yeah. uh, or are you you know, super busy with the hand yeah. radio stuff?
1: I used to be really into it, and then when I became a concealed carry instructor, I found a whole lot of like-minded individuals. And it stopped bugging me as much because, you know, you go out on the social media platforms and you start having these discussions with people and you come from a place of, of education and concern and caring and they come from a place of, you know, news media mm-hmm. brainwashing. And right. at the end of the day, you, you're, what you real, what I realized, and this is one of the reasons why I left Facebook, what I, what I realized is that it's just two people who are very loudly talking in this, in. The direction of each other, mm-hmm. but not actually making a connection, not actually having a communication with each other. And so instead of fighting that uphill battle with people who don't want to participate and don't want to don't want to learn the differences or don't want to understand that, that people do have differences in in opinions, um, you know, I kind of went into an area where people share the opinion. And as a result of leaving an, an anti-Second Amendment state next to a couple of other anti-Second Amendment states and, and staying away from the news and staying out of the social media circles like that, uh, my, my stress levels have gone way down. And mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's good to know that there are people out there like us who are going to be those sheepdogs, as they call mm-hmm. them.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, even in even in our side of things, and I'm talking about in the Second Amendment community, the the, the folks... Who look at this stuff a lot? A lot of us have tuned out as well. For most of the news, we, you know, we're human beings. We follow the news to an extent, but it's really, really crazy, you know. And I, and I think that um, there was a time in America where I'm not gonna say that news was really fair and balanced ever. I don't know if it ever was, but it's getting worse and worse in America, you know, and. Uh,
1: yeah, Man. I feel like they used to have an agenda, and when they pushed their agenda, they really searched for facts to back themselves up, and now they just mm-hmm. push the agenda, and who cares about whether there's facts there?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's the really crazy thing here. So let me see. I'm trying to see if there's any uh, questions or comments from the folks out here. It's easier to fool people than to convince them that they've been fooled. That's from 42Chilled. So,
1: good point. I can't argue that. I know. I'm just, I'm just sitting here in, in agreement.
0: Yep. Yes, absolutely. And then the, the funny thing I will say before I move on from that is I've noticed that a lot of the people in the ham radio world are also two things. One, preppers. Two, they believe in the Second Amendment. Lots of gun guys mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. I don't think I've come across one dude yet in the I'm, – I'm sure it exists. I'm sure there's quite a few dudes, but – I haven't come across one guy that's like I hate guns, right? What about you? You're deep in it. You haven't come across any either, probably.
1: No, I haven't really run across anybody that's like that. I I have uh, friends that are ham radio operators are gun carrying Democrats, which is mm-hmm. like that's a trifecta. <laughs> um,
0: my brother, so, my brother, I was talking about in New York City. He's a Democrat. Yeah. Nothing yeah. wrong with Democrats? No, absolutely nothing. He's liberal, everything, you know, <laughs> but he believes in guns. <laughs> yeah. You know, and there's nothing wrong. I don't think guns are a, should be a political issue.
1: No, it's just a it's a yeah. hunk of metal or plastic or whatever the case may be. It's yeah. just um it's the gun doesn't do anything. As we always say, it's not the guns don't kill people. People kill people. It's, yeah. it's the intent. It's the, it's the person behind the trigger. It's, and if you, as you've seen in other locations, if you take guns away, they find another way to, to get done the thing that they were already going to do. Absolutely, yes. And, you know, things in the
0: Constitution like uh, freedom of speech, uh, Second Amendment, we can go on and on. That should not be political. Right. You know, these just should be facts. And politicians, regardless of what side they're on, should not contest those. Or, or they should be realities. Let's put it that way, right? Right. They should be realities, and they shouldn't contest it. But man, that's that's some kind of fantasy world
1: that we're. Imagining. Well, I think they're, they're missing out. I think they're missing out on some of the the principles that were laid out. You can, if you say that no one should have any right to bear arms, as an example, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what you're left with is. We now have to require everybody to be protected somehow because yeah. no one can protect themselves. That's, yeah. that's not going to happen. The police state, um,
0: they're going to right. do that with guns, Yeah,
1: weirdly enough. Only the, and if you let everybody have guns, then they have the ability to make the decision to protect themselves or not.
0: Yeah, we'll be right. Walther Arms has been making concealed carry handguns for over 90 years, starting with the PPK. Today, Walther is based in the good old US of A and still builds quality firearms like the PPQ and PDP for personal defense and competition. So when you're in the market, please consider Walther Arms. We wouldn't be able to keep the Who Move My Freedom podcast going without the support of great companies like Walther Arms. Yes. Okay, so... Yeah, that was totally my bad. I should have given you a minute warning there. <laughs> you you came down, so you you, you got it. You, um, I think you ended right before that.
1: So, yeah, right, yeah. We were, and forty two chilled gets it in the in the chat here. He says mm-hmm. guns make people more equal, and that is true.
0: Yes, that is true. Um, Night train says except gun owners who vote Democrat are voting for politicians that want to take away their rights uh, to own their guns is pretty pathetic um yeah i i think you know i don't know how much you want to get into politics i know as a rule the ham radio guys kind of like stay out of politics well well We're definitely supposed to yeah definitely when you're on the air right when you're on the air you guys kind of stay yeah. out of that and even when because i i look at a lot of your oops i look at a lot of your videos and a lot of ham radio stuff now because i'm kind of like i don't want to say burnt out on the gun world but you know for lots of different reasons, I don't look at the gun stuff as much, right? When I make gun videos, right. I don't want to be influenced, you know, uh, if I'm going to make a video on that specific thing and all of that kind of stuff. So I'm looking at a lot of what you guys are doing, and and I see that you guys don't get into it too much. But I think in lots of ways, we're, we're on the same wavelength, you know? I mean the pun there, we're on the same wavelength. So it is... Huh. It is I, I get it. <laughs> it is kind of crazy, I think... The one thing I would say to Night Train on that is that I think in America, when it comes to politicians on both sides, right? We talk about this all the time here on the podcast. On both sides, people are supporting politicians that are taking away their basic rights all the time, not just when it comes to the Second Amendment, in lots of different ways. The politicians are supposed to be there to protect our rights, especially the stuff in the Constitution. And we're constantly supporting these guys that are trying to come up with ways to put us in prison, make us felons, (laughs) you know, all kinds of craziness. This is what, like, this is the very thing that politicians were meant to fight. And there was a time in America when, whether you want to look at liberals, Democrats, uh, conservatives, or Republicans, that they fought against these things. Now, now they act like they,
1: you know, what's that you're talking about, rights? Right, 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 and if you want to understand more about where the actual thought process comes from for these things, mm-hmm. uh, the founding fathers did write their own documents explaining in more detail what they meant, Mhm-, yep, the federalist papers <laughs> yeah, a lot this a
0: lot of this stuff is common sense too, man. It's just like, come on, <laughs> yeah, you know it's what makes it so i'm a you know, I am an immigrant to America, you know, I was born outside of America and uh, I'm happy to be here, and all that kind of stuff. It's what to me sets America apart from lots of places around the world. These particular rights that people in other places don't have I mean you know folks take it for granted there's countries around the world where you do and countries you would not expect um I used to live in England for some time, and you don't have actually the right to free speech in England That's right? crazy,
1: yeah. You don't have it. They so, can, I mean, go ahead. They police your speech? They they, they basically – there's somebody sitting in the coffee shop listening in? Or I mean how does that work? I mean
0: people have gotten in trouble there for what they say, like serious trouble for what they say. And then also for, for folks like us from America trying to go there, if they don't like what you say, they, they won't let you in. You can't even go into the country.
2: Right. That's crazy. Yeah.
0: And then if you look at Canada even, man, right next door, I've been looking at what Canada has done recently – to the truckers, one, right? You know the whole thing going on with the truckers. They started seizing, like, or shutting down bank accounts of people who were supporting the truckers. And now there's a thing in Canada where the news media has to be registered with the government in order to put out news. Like, wait, this is Canada, and you know, right. you know who's still the queen of Canada?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Elizabeth.
0: The, the Queen of England. Yeah. It's still the Queen. Yep. So, they, it's weird. It's weird that kind still of stuff has Still on their money. Yeah. So, America, uh, awesome place to be, you know, regardless of what you want to believe in. The truth is, though, you want to think about what you're doing. Because if you mess it up, I mean, you know, one day we'll all be trying to like... What's that? I forgot the movie. There's a movie out there. It's one of these movies. It's a, an apocalypse movie, but everything gets frozen over. Like, the whole planet gets frozen over. And... And people from America are trying to run across the border to Mexico. Someone out there would tell was,
1: me that. Um, oh what, the day after tomorrow or I something? I think like yeah, that? I think it was the day after tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, we it, we basically uh took all of Mexico's debt to the US and, and wiped the slate clean so that we could all go down there because of some global warming <laughs> problem or something. Like Mexico's still still yeah. warm and we're able to yeah. sustain human life, whereas like New York is buried under three miles of all ice right, again. Yeah. End of days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: End of days situation. So Yeah. Okay. So listen, what uh what's going on? We're we're in the news section. We kinda like have loose sections of of the podcast here, which we don't have to stick to, but we're in the news section. Is there anything going on in the ham radio world that uh, strikes your fancy or even in, let's say
1: like, you know, the, the gun world. Yeah. So, I mean, in the ham radio world, we're back to politics, but in the ham radio Mm -hmm. world, they're going to start charging a fee to get your license. Now Mm -hmm. Um, it starts April 19th, I believe. So it's only a couple of days away where you're going to have to pay. It's $35 for a 10 year license and people are, People are up in arms about that, and then people are like, what's the point? It's, it's less than a penny a day. And I think from a political standpoint, it's, it's one of those things where the, the fee doesn't go back to pay for anything ham radio related. Your, your mm-hmm. ham radio license fee goes into the general fund. Mm-hmm. The, the system that the government has in place to track and maintain and update and modify and all that stuff, uh, your licensing is actually the same system that they use for commercial broadcast and for GMRS and for all of the other things. So it's already been paid for and designed yeah. and developed, and the staff is already in place and all. Yeah, that FCC, so this, right? Yeah, this this fee is just going nowhere, and to mm-hmm. me, it's another it's another overreach. It's another place where fingers are getting into my pocket that don't belong in my pocket that that don't give me a benefit that I can put any tangible anything onto. So I, I don't like it. it mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's 35 bucks and my, my hobby of playing with radios is more important to me than, than you know pennies a day, $35 for 10 years, $3.50 right. a year. But it just uh, makes me yeah. mad. Lola just said that 35 bucks
0: for 10 years is pretty cheap on the scale of license fees. For sure, Lola. It is. However, however it's just like having to pay fees in order to get a concealed carry permit what kind of sense does that make? Yeah. You know, what, what about the Second Amendment?
1: There's yeah, like, nothing like, part like part of me know, with concealed carry permits, yeah. I, I want to get one from every state, I want to collect them all, and the other part of me is like, why do I need this again? Don't I have my right to keep and bear arms, which yeah. shall not be infringed? I, I don't know. That's a barrier. Every time the government
0: puts barriers in, in place of things, you know, you're stopping people from getting involved. And from, from the outside looking in, you know, like I've just gotten into ham radio. It seems to me like the government is trying to discourage people from being ham radio operators because maybe the frequencies they want to give this to the big companies that are giving them. I mean, some of these frequencies are worth billions of dollars, right? Correct me if I'm wrong or tell me what you think about that.
1: So, so you're you're not wrong, but you're I don't know. Can I say this on your show? You're not right either. Uh, okay, no, that's totally fine. I'm, that have, of, I'm often wrong. The frequencies that we have, I'm just giving you a hard time. The frequencies that we have are really not great frequencies to begin with. I mean, yeah, we can we can use them. We can do a lot of amazing things because we put our we put our ingenuity to play to make these things happen, but the frequencies that you get on your cell phone, like your cell phone's a nice crystal clear conversation. And sometimes it sounds like the person's in the next room right there with you. And you can send, you know, you can watch movies um, yeah. on your cell phone. Right. While this you're, is going you know, over a cell phone right now. seat of the car. Yeah. This, um, things, this, things like this, that. this right now is going
0: over a cell phone. Yeah. We're broadcasting. I mean, I'm, over I'm, cell I'm phone. doing
1: wifi, 2.4 gigahertz, 2.4 yeah. gigahertz. Wi-Fi in your house is, is also mm-hmm. a ham band. And if you are a ham radio mm-hmm. license holder, you can, transmit with higher power than your typical wi-fi router Mm -hmm. and get better distances out of your home wi-fi network than you can Mm -hmm. but you can't do you can't go to amazon and buy something because that's breaking the rules again so Mm -hmm. i don't think so there's this thing called occam's razor i don't think that they're trying to find some way to prevent these bands from being stolen seven million ham radio operators times 35 dollars is not the Times three dollars and fifty cents a year is not the same mm-hmm. amount of money that they're going to get from verizon if they sell that portion of the spectrum off mm-hmm. um i think it's just a, a situation where they want money we have it and here's another way they can take it from us i don't think it mm-hmm. has anything to do with um i don't think they thought that far ahead i don't think they're that deep i could be wrong okay I'd, I'd be willing so to tell be wrong me about the that. part I where like i was right
0: way. where's the part tell me about the, the parts where i was right you said I'm. Um,
1: i think i was just being polite oh (laughs) Um, yeah i mean so there there is a potential where you know these frequencies could be used for other things and we do share Mm -hmm. uh some portions of the spectrum with with other things so Mm -hmm. um like your garage door opener and your car key fob remote works on 433 megahertz Mm -hmm. which is part of the uh, 70 70 centimeter ham band your like i mentioned before the 2.4 gigahertz wi-fi is overlapping with the ham band the 60 meter ham band is um, we're secondary users on that frequency, 5 megahertz. Oh, and
2: that brings that, up a question and, for me.
0: Hmm. Can, I use my, can I use my ham radio as like my gate opener or something? Is that possible?
1: It, it is possible. And okay. I think that you could do it. And I don't oh. understand. I, off the top of my head, I mean, you're kind of catching me off guard without doing a lot of research. Right. But off the top of my head, I don't see any reason why. I want to see a video on this, Steve. Illegal yeah I so see a video th- there on is this, a Steve. guy that uses one of those rtl sdr dongles and does a mm-hmm. replay attack on um, garage door openers and mm-hmm. the other one that people do is uh, remote car starters or the, the door locks unlocking somebody's door
2: mm-hmm.
1: okay so it's it's encoded it's not encrypted mm-hmm. so you could do it it's on a frequency that you're licensed to do it on it's using a power level that you're allowed to use mm-hmm. I'm not your lawyer, but uh, I, I think it's I think it's definitely none possible. of us
0: are lawyers. We are not giving legal advice or counsel. I, I'm not a lawyer. I'm certainly not your lawyer. That's what yeah. I say in class all the time.
1: I teach a yeah. law class,
0: but I'm not a lawyer. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, well, you know, I, I, how would you even go about that? Let's say I, I'm just thinking because the other day I actually forgot my uh, my my gate opener. Right, I forgot it. So. And I was like, hmm,
1: I had my radio with me, but I forgot to gate over it. <laughs> you'd have to plan ahead. You'd have to know the signal that's being sent. Right. Um, and then you just have to replay that. So if you were to if you were to take your radio, your radio has the ability to record what it hears over yeah. the air to the SD yes. card that's in, inside of the radio. It's a pretty right. advanced radio you got there. Mm-hmm. If you take your, your fob for your gate and you take your radio and you push the button while you're listening on the exact frequency and recording what's going on. Mm -hmm. You can then go into your radio and play that back and transmit it over the air on the right frequency. Again, as long as you're within your license privileges. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's 433 megahertz. And I'm I'm pretty sure that's inside the 70 centimeter handband. band. Oh, okay. Okay.
0: Yeah, I, wanna, they, I have a whole bunch of questions like this that I want to ask. I can be really annoying with the yeah. what ifs. No, that's cool. That's
1: cool. Yeah. So the, the other part about it is you might have all of the right equipment, but you might be violating a specific part. So we're, we operate under FCC part 97 as an example.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: you might be... Doing something that's perfectly legal with equipment that's not legal to do it with. So mm-hmm. like if I take if I take my my Baofeng radio that everybody complains about being unlocked and able to transmit all over the place mm-hmm. and I do transmit in FRS frequencies. I can't do it because this radio is not type accepted for that. It has a detachable antenna that I've removed and it has a keypad on the front and those are big no-no's for FRS radios. The mm-hmm. fact that it can do it and it can do it at legal power and you have a ham radio license and it's mm-hmm. somewhere near a, a ham radio adjacent frequency and it's you know fully capable of blah, 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 blah. doesn't make it legally allowed to do it it's like it's that same thing where if you have all the parts to make a, a fully automatic firearm mm-hmm. sitting in your garage disassembled <laughs> you have this crime that you've committed of being able to yes. constructively create something that you don't have yeah. the tax stamp for yeah
0: I'm, I'm only laughing because when the in the middle of the whole covid thing there's a guy who calls me and uh he says he's like I i don't know if this is true or not but he says he's a friend of my barber and he goes, yeah, you know, uh, I'm just calling you because I bought an AR-15 and I'm trying to figure out how to make it go full auto.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's doable. Mm-hmm. It might not be legal until you get all the right licenses and tax stamps and so on and yeah. so on. And by the time you pay for all of that, you might as well just buy a, a regular one off yeah. of you know a, well, a licensed gun dealer.
0: Yeah, that's why I told him. And I am an FFL, actually. <laughs> but i was like it was so crazy first of all i thought oh this guy's an op <laughs> yeah either i'm talking to atf fbi who knows right, who i'm right. talking it's to a sting. yeah exactly and but That's then i get you. i said okay so after i told him that you know unless he had all these licenses and hoops that he jumped through it's not it's not legal so i said why do you want to do that he's like oh because i want to make it more
1: accurate <laughs> That makes it, yeah, no, no, not happening. It's the opposite it comes yeah, out of that. Your, your targets don't have this nice grouping like this. They have this line.
0: Yeah. The, yeah, the basically. Drawing stripes on the paper. Zips right up. So I was yep. like, you want to make it more accurate. I was like, so what do you have on there right now for optics? And he's like, what are you talking about, optics? With I said, optic? so, yeah. So I said, do you have iron sights? He's like, I don't know. Like, what does that mean? I was like, okay, so nice. that's, that's actual medical. uh, metal or physical sights do you have those on there like metal plastic they pop up or they're standing up or nope I was like okay do you have some kind of do you have like a scope he's like no I don't have anything on there I was like okay this is where you start you know put some iron sights on that thing
1: Let's let's go to the range. I'll bring one yeah. of my, my fully automatic firearms with me and you can show me how much more accurate it is.
0: Yeah, he could have totally been like a real person. I see someone says AFT right there, but um, yeah. he could have been he could have been a real person and just genuinely didn't know. Because when the co- like we had all those riots and everything that happened um, right before the COVID thing got hot. And then, you know, and then we had COVID and all that going on. And there were lots of people who thought, oh, I could just walk into a gun store And give them money and walk out. I don't have to do background checks. Nothing. Yeah, that doesn't work that way. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that. Um, Now, that being said, there's a a couple of questions that came up when you were were answering me there that I wanted to get into. One, and I don't know how much time we have. One, I wanted to get into the Mars mod. Yep. Okay, so maybe we should start with the Mars mod. Can you explain that to folks out there? What is the Mars mod?
1: Yeah, so again, we're back into that type accepted thing. If you have a regular, if you have an off-the-shelf ham radio that you bought, as an example, this Saigu this 6100 here, mm-hmm. it is going to only be able to, according to FCC rules, it's only going to be able to transmit within frequencies that your license allows you to use. And then there's something you can do called a MARS mod. I want to say MARS stands for Military Auxiliary Radio Service or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And that is legal, but that's not ham radio. And you have to go through a different set of licensing criteria in order to get the Mars mod um, and the ability to do Mars radio service work. Um, but most of your radios do have the ability, most of your off-the-shelf commercial radios have the ability to be modified so that they can transmit anywhere. So like this radio here, for example, it's a, it's a one-line code change in a text file mm-hmm. on the internal memory card. So to, Mars will make this thing... To Mars so, mod it. Yep. So,
0: my question is well, okay, so do you have to get a license to do the Mars mod, or can you, if you have a technician's license or any kind of uh, amateur license, general, whatever, can you listen? Or even if you don't, can you get a Mars mod and just listen to right. stuff?
1: So without a Mars license, without a Mars certificate, whatever, whatever it is that you're required to get, I don't have that thing. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know the technical term for it. You mm-hmm. can listen to anything, anywhere, anytime mm-hmm. you there's, you're actually not allowed to be restricted from listening to things. Okay. Um, mm. By, by current laws, you know how that works, yeah, um, but right. you can't transmit. So okay. if, if I wanted to be. If I wanted to follow all of the rules properly, my wife does not have her ham license. You're lucky that yours does. Um, mm-hmm. I have a, a GMRS radio. So if we're out back in the RV into a, into a campsite, I can hand her a GMRS radio. It's a shared license for the whole family. She can communicate on that. I can communicate on that. Nothing illegal about that. Mm-hmm. If I then wanted to talk to my ham radio friend on two meters, I would have to switch radios. I'd have to put the, put the GMRS radio down, pick up the two-meter radio, and start talking on the two-meter radio using my hand license and my ham call sign, which are two different call signs. Mm-hmm. And then if I wanted to do CB radio, I'd have to pick up my CB radio and communicate on that mm-hmm. using, you know, CB frequencies. Now with a Mars modded radio, I'd be able to talk on all of those frequencies on one radio. I'd technically be breaking a bunch of different rules to do it, mm-hmm. but I don't have to carry four radios with me now.
0: Yeah, to actually talk. And so that's the reason right. why I ask you because I actually got I actually got mine Mars modded. So um <laughs> now I have I'm just listening. I'm just listening. That's yep. why people can get a Bofang or out there and, and they can just listen as well. But yep. I do have access to those GMRS. Now there's a GMRS license which I have not done. Because mm-hmm. I think that's getting cheaper when the regular, when the other yep. license goes up. That goes that's, from seventy down to thirty-five. Yep. Yeah, so I'm waiting for that. Uh, which that all none of that makes sense either. So we're gonna take a quick break here. We're gonna come back and continue this. Let me know if you guys have questions. We wouldn't be able to keep the Who Move My Freedom podcast going without the support of great companies like High Point Firearms and Full Forge Gear, bags and gear for everyday life. Did you know High Point is an American family owned and operated company located in Ohio with over 30 years of manufacturing experience? High Point is proud to be the home of the working man's gun and your source for affordable handguns and carbines with a lifetime warranty. So when you're in the market, please consider Hypo. Now, I should say that someone actually uh, gave me this book. What is this? Uh, Heil Ham Radio Handbook, second edition, Bob Heil, K9 EID. Bob's awesome. Oh, do you know? Okay, you know Bob? Okay.
1: Um, So Bob Heil is the guy that makes all the high-end microphone equipment for all of your famous uh, rock rock stars rock rock um, musicians okay okay yeah it seems like a really cool book so well now um to
0: get back to, real quick unless you had something else you wanted to add there um with with the mars mod um mm-hmm. so there's a whole bunch of things that open up there uh, have you ever spent any kind of time looking into what's what all opens up when you do that Mars mod? Obviously, the military stuff, unless you are licensed
1: with them, because I think that's a whole other call sign, right? I, I'm not sure if there's a call sign that's there. I think it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to say anything because I don't. I don't know enough to speak oh, okay. intelligently about it. But it's not okay. your ham radio license. There mm-hmm. is something different that you're required to have. Mm-hmm. Everything I know is just hearsay because I don't have it.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. The only thing that I've recognized is that, is that they are GMRS. And, and for the reason that you said, I thought, OK, this would be cool because if I'm doing like, you know, I ha- I have vans, I do overlanding and stuff like that. If I'm doing a caravan thing um, with a bunch of with a bunch of people and and everyone else has those GMRS, I can just, you know, I don't have to go get a whole separate radio. So that's the yeah, big so- reason I did
1: it. Mm hmm. So you're rocking that ICOM ID-52A. That's a fantastic radio. You've done the Mars mod on it. The ID-52A is a 2-meter, 70-centimeter radio. Mm-hmm. I'm getting real technical on purpose here. Mm-hmm. In the 70-centimeter band, it's 400 to four. I'm gonna get real close to the numbers because I don't have it memorized. It's four four thirty to four fifty megahertz or something like that. Mm-hmm. And GMRS is four sixty-five megahertz. So you technically have a piece of equipment that can do GMRS. Mm-hmm. You do that Mars mod, and now like you said, you're carrying one radio that can do two things mm-hmm. and you've now opened up your capabilities where before you'd have to carry two different radios. Yeah, so
0: actually, what happened is I went to Ham Radio Day at Gigaparts in uh, Huntsville, Alabama, and uh, Lola's ha- Lola has a Yesu, had that Mars modded. Mm-hmm. So uh, once we do that, because if you get the GMRS license, you know, there's no test for folks out there nope. who are interested in it. But if you <laughs> that, get that test, is,
1: for, can you remember your credit card number? Yeah. Right,
0: exactly. You got to pay. But I didn't want to pay the seventy bucks because I'm I'm nope. you know I'm I'm cheap like that. Next week, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just waiting. As soon as next week comes, they are getting that 35 bucks from me. Yeah, it'd be a land rush. We just pay one time, and then it would go to me, Lola, my kids. You know, yep. we would all we would all be able to use it. So Lola's radio was also Mars modded, and then I got an ID 5100 A nice to have in my van. That also I got that Mars modded at the same time. Nice. So nice uh but you know i just like the idea like mars I was like oh mars mod
1: what so that sounds sexy yeah you know. this is one of the things i've got to do on on this radio here mm-hmm. this is the um the icon yeah, 705 and i want to modify this uh, one here that looks good uh. this is the, this is the granddaddy right near this is yeah this is that's like, is that in a cage of some sort yeah this is, is in the wind camp arc 705 cage so it's uh, it's full metal protection around the the whole that's really cool yes yeah i like that yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: And then um, the, reason, the reason why this radio is the, as good as it is is because it does all HF and it also does 2 meters, 70 centimeters. So what you've got going on is you've mm-hmm. got your ID-52. Mm-hmm. This isn't it. And mm-hmm. then you also have your HF radio. Mm-hmm. And so that's your, that's your setup that you've got going on there. And with the 705, yeah. I've got the capability of both of those radios in one box with lower power. So mm-hmm. it's a it's a ten watt radio versus like maybe a hundred watt radio or or something along those lines. So
0: yeah, I've been doing a lot of things since we met uh, back in when was when was uh, February? Vacation. Was it February? Okay, yeah, it's a yeah. while ago. I've been getting up to a lot of crazy stuff, man. I put a antenna. I put a GP nine a Comet GP nine on my house. Hold nice. on, I'm going to show that off here for a second. Look at that
1: antenna. Look at that That's thing. Cool. crooked, Hank little crooked.
0: uh well you know sometimes that's because <laughs> you know that happens with when you're when the flow is not right, you know sometimes you yep. lean to the left or sort of you know there's a, there's yep, some yep, medications yep. for that at <laughs> the
1: your antenna doesn't stay up for four hours,
0: <laughs> yeah, okay, listen, I don't know do you see how this thing is attached on here I don't the it's impossible is that it a violation a is it <laughs> yeah. no it's fine I'm just giving you a hard time because I can <laughs> No, that's cool. That is actually really cool. Yeah. I mean uh um, I'm I'm impressed by having that uh that big antenna
1: and you like should be reach. getting lots of range out of that too. You're probably talking a yeah. hundred miles or more with that thing on good days, good conditions.
0: Uh yeah, I don't know if I've had good enough conditions to do that, but I know that so my handheld in Florida there's something called Sarnet. Mm-hmm. That goes all up and down Florida. It goes from the from the top of Florida all the way down to the Keys. And outside of the house, I can hear it where where I'm in the country. I can hear it a little bit. It's not always perfect, but with that antenna, I, I can hear it. And I and on Wednesdays, for example, at 1 p.m. Eastern, there's a check-in, and you could hear them checking in all. Up and down that repeater system because it's kind of set up for hurricanes and things like that so I like listening to listening to that and listening to the ham radio dudes talking on there you know they it it amuses me cracks me up and I've spoken on there a couple of times I mean what do you guys call it make contact
1: Make contacts make QSOs. yep make connections yeah
0: Yeah. so I've done that Um, what radio
1: are you using with that comedy antenna
0: Uh, I am actually using the
1: ID 5100 a Okay, and a 5100, I want to say as a 50-watt radio, you should be able to get yeah. some pretty good distance out of that. So if you, if you go into repeaterbook.com, mm-hmm. you should be able to find repeaters in your area and then expand that radius out to you know, 50, 60, 70 miles and just give them a shot.
0: Yeah, I, uh, yes, I have done that, so, but I haven't like, connected to any of those repeaters and then gone out to other places yet. So right. that is something that I'm working on that I think is really cool. Because then you can get – sometimes you can get on a repeater that's connected to a reflector. This is going to get crazy, and I'm probably going to say everything wrong. But the the reflector is like a repeater, but it works on the internet. Then you can talk to people anywhere in in the world.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you've got a radio that's got what's called B-Star in it. Mm -hmm. And then Lola's radio has something called Fusion or C4FM in it. And with both of those two radios, you can connect to a hotspot, tunnel through the internet, and come out somewhere Mm -hmm. on the other side of the world. Um, I mm-hmm. was actually using my my Balfang cheap radio and what 's called an all star node, and mm-hmm. that will tunnel through the internet and I was talking to my friend Hayden in Australia, so i 'm doing two meters to my all star node my all star node's tunneling through the internet it 's hitting a repeater in his area, which is on six meters, a totally different band, a totally different mm-hmm. kind of radio, which he 's then picking up in his car while he 's driving so i 'm sitting in my house in, 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 Austra- in Australia. Talking to a dude in a car driving down the road in Australia.
0: That's that's fun. I like the idea of that. How was the How was the signal on that? How was How did it
1: sound? It was just as good as any other two meter signal that you're you're getting because mm-hmm. we're all on the the higher frequencies and it's all FM, so it all sounds. Mm-hmm. It's either it's kind of like almost always there or or not at all there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the as this opposed is the, to HF where you can get a little bit of fading.
0: Yeah, this is the cool nerdy stuff that I think is you know. Because there's a lot of people like, oh, you know, we got cell phones. I got my phone. I don't need that.
1: Well Yeah, and you got a nice bill too. Yeah, your phone's expensive. And you're not in
0: control. The bill is expensive. When you do all of this, I mean an antenna, that antenna costs money, the radios cost money, but then there's no you're not paying to you know, to talk to people after that. So and it's cool, right. like you're doing it, you're figuring it out. It's a lot like gun stuff, you know. Um, if you really get into guns, you start building guns. You're like, oh wow, I can I can make this stuff. I, I could do yep. this. So that's the cool um, thing about this. I am gonna I'm gonna get into the I want to get into the Bofang part of my question to you here. Armament and axes was saying something about um, he has a friend that's way into he's a uh, to radio. Uh, he's a gun guy and a musician. I was telling you that I was looking at uh, ham radio 2.0s youtube and he actually followed armament and axis so armament and axis do you know you you must know ham radio 2.0 or something because he's following you if you go to his youtube he's got you up there you know as uh, one of the people that he follows so i was like you guys must know each other so somehow uh armament and axis he's a gun guy but he's also a musician so um It's a small world I've got to figure out. That's going to stay in my brain until I figure out what is the connection uh, of these people. Overlapping
1: circles, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting. Okay, so Bofangs, because Lola said, wait, can we start with Bofangs? Most folks have that and then work up to the next step from that.
1: Yeah, so. sure. Start anywhere that anywhere that makes you happy. Any price point that gets you into the hobby is, is totally okay with me. I'm not I'm not going to ham shame anybody. Uh, if you get a Baofeng and you get on a repeater and it gets you excited, and then you want to know how to how to do that All Star Link thing that I talked about, well, mm-hmm. all right, now we can do that. Well, what if I want to do it on a on a radio that isn't a Baofeng? Okay, mm-hmm. well, here's the kind of radio. You, well, what what kind of antenna do I need for that? Okay, well, here's the kind of it, and down the rabbit hole you go, mm-hmm. and. You know, I've, I've got a setup where I can clamp something onto my truck and I can make uh, radio contacts while I'm driving down the road. I've got something where I can throw a wire in a tree in a park and I can make contacts. I've got a, a station at the house. I can just put up a different antenna and run a program all day long. And at the end of the day, I can figure out, uh, you know, who all has heard me and who all I can hear. Mm-hmm. by just sending out a, what they, they call it weak signal propagation reporter. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do tactical communications with a Balfang. Like I can I can send text messages to and from radios, or I can send text messages from a radio to a cell phone. The person on the cell phone can reply back without a license,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and it will come over to Ham Radio because it will go to somebody who has a license, and then it will it'll be repeated out. Uh, okay. I can get a local weather report uh, by sending, um, you know, like I think it's called I think you just send WX local or something like that Mm -hmm. and it'll come back it'll figure out where you are based on your GPS location and come back and tell you what the weather is in your area so if you're Mm -hmm. out camping and you know don't really know what the zip code is or don't know um, you know the name of the town that you're in you can still get the weather or you can just tune it to the weather frequency and listen to the weather Mm-hmm. Uh, but but cool things like that you can decode images from the international space station with a balfang and a cell phone mm-hmm. uh, you can send pictures back and forth with a balfang mm-hmm. um, there's just lots and lots of things that you can do people make repeaters out of these things hmm. and it's all i mean it's a 25 dollar radio so you're getting 25 dollars worth of quality out of it so don't mm-hmm. get me wrong uh, my my base station at the house is a little bit more spendy uh, probably a couple thousand dollars. Not trying to, to brag because you can spend five or six or, or ten or twelve thousand dollars on a hobby like this if you wanted to. Uh, mm-hmm. But my station is a hundred watts. I have an antenna in the yard that I built out of wire and an old fishing pole, and I'm able to talk to um, people in New Zealand and people in Japan. So, hmm. okay, get get excited is mm-hmm. really what's more important. Get in, get excited, get get curious. How do I how do I talk to the space station? Oh, okay. You can talk to the astronauts on the space station. Could you imagine trying to pick up your cell phone and call an astronaut? That's amazing. I, that's
0: that the would definitely happen.
1: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, I mean picking up oh, your not, cell phone not and on talking the cell to, phone. to an yeah, astronaut. Yeah, not on the cell phone. Yeah. yeah,
0: a bucket list is something I want to do in the ham radio world. Yeah,
1: um, but they'll they'll talk to you on the space station through ham radio, no problem.
0: And um, can I do that? I could do that as a uh, with the technicians, or do yeah. I need to? Oh, okay. And then, what kind of equipment? Like, how would I figure all that out to be able to do that? S- well, S- so that's where you have a
1: local ham club, or you go onto YouTube, mm-hmm. onto channels like mine, or we've got a Discord server where you can ask questions. Mm-hmm. And basically, it's a this hobby doesn't work by yourself. Ham radio. Mm-hmm. I mean, the hobby of communicating over radios doesn't work unless there's somebody else to talk to. Yeah. And when you get two people that both are interested in talking to each other over the radio, you're going to start talking about technical stuff. Mm-hmm. And there are no stupid people out there. I, I heard this saying, and I don't even know if it's good or bad, but uh, there are no stupid people. There are no stupid questions, only stupid people, because they didn't ask the question. Right. <laughs> uh, so, you know, like, feel free to feel free I was going to gonna say, there's definitely there. some stupid people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Including... No stupid questions, only stupid people. Yeah, yeah including But I'm guys. trying to say that in a non-derogatory way. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so I get it where you go. I get it where you go. What What's going to happen is you're going to get a radio, you're going to get an antenna, you're not going to know what to do, you're not going to know how to communicate, you're not going to know what the protocols are for how you mm-hmm. talk to people. And, you know, just find somebody local. They'll help you get it set up. I mean, mm-hmm. once you get a call sign, my call sign is KM9G, so I'm in the nine call region you can go out there's a bunch of websites that'll tell me all the hams that are in my area and there's actually a lot of people in my sub 1000 population town that have ham licenses Mm -hmm. I've got people that are less than a mile away that have a ham license Mm -hmm. and I can call I can call my friend Rod up he lives up the street and I can say I'm having trouble tuning my antenna and he'll show up with a a little they call this a a nano VNA this is a a $50 um, piece of gear and it's built off of some relatively open technologies. I'm going to pull it out of the box here for
0: oh, you. Oh, cool. Yeah. Man, and, um, you know, you're you're like pulling out you're pulling out this ham radio stuff yeah, like dudes pull out guns on this show, man. That's awesome.
1: So this and is so you, a tuner. This is an antenna analyzer. You would okay. be the one that actually does the tuning. You mm-hmm. plug the antenna into this and it'll tell you where you need to make changes. Mm-hmm. And you got to have a little bit of brain power to understand it if
2: mm-hmm. if
1: you're trying to to get onto a certain band and it's resonant below or above you have to make the antenna longer or shorter and rod just came over and said here have this thing use it for a while and and Mm -hmm. let me know when you're done and so i i borrowed it for a couple of days and gave it back to him i liked it it's 50 bucks i bought my own that's not Mm -hmm. that's not an expensive price for Mm -hmm. a uh, vector network analyzer i mean it's not the it's not mm-hmm. the highest quality laboratory-grade instrument, but at mm-hmm. the same time, I'm, I'm just trying to talk to a friend of mine. I'm not trying to save the planet here, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. And I notice a lot of folks in the ham radio world are very friendly and open and helpful uh, to other people getting into this. You know, I think even in the gun world, it's the same thing. Like, if you're, if you're interested in guns and you know someone who's a gun guy, ask them to take you to a range or something like that sometime. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they'd be
1: happy the to range. Do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's the same thing with the ham radio world that people out there are always happy to show you stuff or talk to you about this um, if you don't know. Uh, so definitely do that same thing there. There's a couple of different um, questions and comments coming in. Lola says, Aren't even the expensive radios also made in China, like Bofang's? It's just the capabilities that go up with the price. What would. Uh, How would you answer that? Because I think that's what everyone says, like, don't get this because it's just, like, something cheap made in China. I think that price or money should never be a barrier to entry. That's why I I compare Bofangs to High points. They're affordable guns. They work. And if that's what you can afford, get that and defend yourself. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, so... There's this this people people complain about stuff made in China all the time and basically everything is made in China And if it's not made in China at least half the parts inside of it are made in China That's the way the world is today mm-hmm. I would buy an American-made radio if there was an American-made radio that did the thing for the price point The the Baofeng that everybody complains about the thing that makes this work I can go buy 10 of these and give them to my school and if nobody in the school gets interested in them Who cares? I'm out two hundred and fifty dollars. If the kids love them and take them all home and accidentally drop it out of the car window, Mm -hmm. it's only twenty five dollars. I've only lost twenty five bucks. If I take this radio here, this radio here is twelve hundred (laughs) dollars. Right. I mean, that's without even uh, that cage
0: that you've got on it, man. Yeah, Yeah, that's without the cage and the antenna
1: and all that stuff. The cage is another hundred and some dollars on top of that. And right. antenna, this antenna was probably 30 bucks and I have another antenna that was 300 bucks that goes on it. I mean, it, mm-hmm. and I've got an amplifier that's another four or $500 that goes with the radio and it's mm-hmm. a whole kit. And I'm not trying to brag about prices, but mm-hmm. I, expect, I expect something different out of a $1,200 radio than I expect out of a $25 radio. Mm-hmm. and i get what i get out of a 12 i get every i get every penny of my $25 out of that radio mm-hmm. and i don't know that i'm smart enough to get every penny of the $1200 out of this radio yet right but it's a lot of fun to play with regardless and yeah. you know this one this one here was 600 and some dollars and i've mm-hmm. had a lot more fun with this radio than i have with the i'm trying to keep the clear out than i have yeah. with the um, no that's a $1, very $1, cool radio. yeah that's a ve- uh,
0: what is the name of that radio again
1: this is the Zygu x6100 Okay. And this is an HF-only, um, they call it QRP. QRP means low power. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a radio that can only put out 10 watts. Okay. Um, off to the, can I do the camera trick? Yes. Off to the side. You should be, be able to. This yep. is an ICOM 7300. This is a $1,000 radio, and it's a 100-watt radio. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the people that I can talk to on the, on the $1,000 100-watt radio are more than the people, there's more people that I can talk to than there are on the 10 watt radio. And that's mm-hmm. where skill comes into play. And the only way you get skill is through practice. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. One of the things I really enjoy about your channel
0: is that um, you do you know, take time to show people ways of saving money doing this stuff. So mm-hmm. like um, one of your videos I was looking at, I, I like the, is it Geocron? Yep. I think it's Geocron, yeah. It's, a, it's this really cool thing that you get. You can attach it to a 4K TV and you can see the whole planet and all different time zones. And where is the International Space Station? And all. It's, it's awesome. But that thing on its own, I think, is like, is it about four or 500 bucks, maybe?
1: It's expensive, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, and it's very cool. I'm not saying it's not worth it because I think it's cool. I would love to get one. But you had a video about how someone could just do some coding
1: and yeah, kind of make their a Raspberry Pi. Yep. It's called yeah. Ham Clock. Right. And it, it doesn't do exactly the same thing, but it does some some similar things. I've got a video that's coming out now where with Arms List you can shop the extensive list of local and nationwide firearms
0: classified, now with more confidence because of their built-in firewall. For only six ninety nine a month for personal use or thirty dollars a month for business vendors. So when you're in the market, please consider Arms List. We wouldn't be able to keep the Who Move My Freedom podcast going without the support of great companies like Arms List. Okay, sorry about that. I got real excited and didn't even notice uh uh the time going by there. Um yeah, sorry. Where did you cut off there? I think
1: you were telling us Yeah. yeah so we have talked a, a little video. bit about Hamclock. Hamclock mm-hmm. is a is a piece of software that you run on a Raspberry Pi. You plug it into whatever old TV you have. It works great on the 7-inch by 480 mm-hmm. um official Raspberry Pi touchscreen. Um what I'm playing with now is I have a bunch of old computer screens. I've got two 24-inch HD screens. And then because of the Commodore 64 stuff, I have two 24-inch TVs. And these these things aren't expensive. They're like 100 bucks a piece. But I'm putting them on a a four-arm holding thing. And I'm going to run like windy.com on one. And I'm going to run PSK Reporter on the other. And so I'm going to have this ham display behind me. And again, I'm still below the cost of the Geocron. And now I've got four different screens of information instead of just one. Mm-hmm. So there'll be a video on that coming out soon.
0: Yeah, that's what I like about what you're doing. And I think, you know, with like, how many different hobbies can you have going on, right? At some point you do have <laughs> yeah. to think about the money. So it, it, it makes it easier to get into things and do things if you're not spending money. Once you catch the bug, I get, you're gonna be spending money. Just, yeah, but hey. There's alternatives to everything.
1: Yeah, so Armament Access has a good question that I can't answer with a quick chat message, so I'll just go ahead and grab it here. He says, can I get internet access with ham radio? The short answer is yes. The longer answer is with your ham radio license, you're not allowed to do anything that has a – fiduciary interest in it, a monetary monetary interest in it. Mm. So I can't go to Amazon and buy something. I can't do anything that's encrypted. So I couldn't, I wouldn't want to put my credit card in it anyway. However, I can do uh, what they call packet radio. So I can connect to like old school bulletin board style type systems and I can send email with a regular email client. It's called Winlink. Um, we can send digital communications. We can tunnel through the internet. We can mm-hmm. set up our own local communications network using more high power than your typical Wi-Fi router. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, you yeah, can so do, the same, there's, Not exactly ham radio, but radio frequency Wi-Fi. Yep.
0: Yeah, that's from Asper Warrior, um, and I think what is it? I forgot what it's called. Something low. But there's a there is a ways I've seen ham radio guys messing around with that you could set up your own like in your neighborhood kind of network Mm -hmm. the internet for if the regular internet goes down that there's guys they have um i guess they're like little repeaters and sometimes they they put on solar power or whatever and i think it's like a five mile radius so you just have to build a net every five miles at least you know overlapping and then you could spread that out as big as you want to go right
1: Yeah, for sure. And uh, the only thing that you have to be aware of is that the FCC currently limits the speed at which you can Mm -hmm. communicate. Um, So I think it's 9,600 baud is the the fastest Mm -hmm. you can go. So if you're going to send messages or something along those lines, you want to send it very, very brief and to the point. You don't want to send like a, a big picture. So an example would be in, a, in the event of a disaster, a tornado rips through the town and people mm-hmm. are without communications and without power and so on, and they want to get these wellness messages out, like the family's okay, the dog is fine, et cetera. You don't want to send a picture, you know, a 12 megapixel picture of your destroyed house over ham radio because it's going to take forever. You just want to send a quick message, uh, wife and kids are fine, house is toast, uh, we are getting in the car and headed your way, see you in four hours. That's the kind of message you want to send.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um do you recall what's that what that's called exactly? Um That I, yeah.
1: that's called Windlink. And okay. so as a as a ham radio operator at the other side of a disaster like that, the service that I can provide would be to set up a, a wellness station like that, as opposed to showing up in my uh my bright yellow vest with my bright red Baofang radio, acting like I know what I'm talking about and getting <laughs> in the way of FEMA or the mm-hmm. Red Cross or something like that. I can be way off to the side, way out of everybody's you know, emergency situation. And I can just send this, they call them radiograms. Mm -hmm. I can send these radiograms back and forth and, and get the message out that everybody's okay.
0: Okay. Very cool. Um, now Asper warrior is also out there. He says he wants to know what do radio nerds think about helium RF internet, um, HR HRT crypto mining. So some of that I understand some I don't.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So if, if he's talking about what I think he's talking about, um, that is a a cryptocurrency technology where i go and i set up an internet connection that's open and available and the more people that use my internet connection through my radio and this is all legal radio type stuff um not license required or or ham radio type stuff um i will get paid back in cryptocurrency units of of whatever the whatever the current equivalent of dollars that is for that service that I put out to the public. And there's two things that are really good about that. Number one is it gets Internet into areas where Internet might not be readily available. Mm -hmm. Um, It's trying to get this situation where I will have this ubiquitous Internet all around me all the time. And then it also gets people interested in radio and we all need more radio nerds.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know everyone's a budding radio nerd out there. I'm just trying to see Lola wanted me to tell you so for th- there's this um when we went to hamcation, right from the time we got to the gate, the ham radio guys are helping us so there was there was a guy who was volunteering as security at the gate, and he helped us uh figure out where we were parking the van because he was parked close to it. His wife turned out to be one of the volunteer. The VEs, volunteer examiners. volunteer examiners. Yep. Yeah. When we were taking our test, and we actually became kind of cool with that couple. And uh, we invited them because they, you know, they, had, I think they had came here from, uh, where was it? I think Washington State. They came all the way out to Florida for Hamcation. And we were like, hey, if you guys are going through Florida, stop by and visit us. They did. They came here. They visited us. They were showing us a whole bunch of different ham radio things and, helping us out, pointing us in the, right, in the right direction and all that. And I think now Lola and I, the next time we're in Washington state, we'll be visiting them. So these are some Excellent. people in February, when we showed up at that gate, we didn't know these people, <laughs> you know, uh, it's the same kind of thing. Like I met you there at that, at that, um, at that mm-hmm. show. And, you know, we're, we're doing podcasts. So, uh, yeah, I, I like the community, man. It's a very cool, helpful community, you know, um, there's, there's some, there's some parallels to the gun world. I will say this, Steve, you know, um, I don't necessarily want to give out any names, but I always think it was funny that you and Sean, I don't know if you remember this, but you guys threw up some kind of uh line uh, antenna and you were getting on the air and I think you were talking to people in other countries, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. It's from Orlando but when you first did it, there was a guy there that had like a radio and, you, you know, he was like, OK, I got a radio. You guys are doing it. Then there were some people trying to show uh, the signal that was coming in. And I don't think you could do it on the guy's radio. So someone was like, oh, do you have an icon? Blah, blah, blah. I think it's the one you have. Yep. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, so another guy brought that out and everyone just ignored this guy. And I was like, wow, I thought only the gun world was like
1: this, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we we tried to, there was some question about, um, you know, how do you know where the signal is or or what to tune into or something along those lines. And the Mm -hmm. radio that the one guy had didn't have what's called a spectrum scope. So Mm -hmm. it just had a a dial on it. And on the dial, it just had numbers. And that was it. And um, these radios here, let me turn this one here on. It'll take a second to boot it up. Um, these radios have a, uh, a waterfall display on them and you can tell your ID 52 has a waterfall yeah, display it does, on it. Yeah, yeah. I'll boot mine up too. So you can, you can see like dark blue is like static and noise and yeah. bright yellow is an actual signal. Right. Um,
0: I'll turn mine on so you guys can yeah. see the, so for example, I'm in the, turn yeah, the there you go. Window. I'm in the van. I don't know if this is even going to like show up properly. Here, I gotta probably block my own face. There we go, boom. Yeah, awesome. So there you go. There's the waterfall on mine. So yeah, that's. I mean, and I, I know it seems kind of silly, but I like, I like looking at the waterfall.
1: Oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So on on my radio here, you'll see this this stripe. There's there's some some signal going on where that stripe is, mm-hmm. and I can tune my dial to find, to, to zoom in on that stripe. Let me, let me get it back up on the screen for you. You see how mm-hmm. that stripe is moving closer to the center? Yeah, right. And I'm, I'm spinning that knob. So I'm, I'm hunting down that signal. So you can see can there's see. something
0: going there, right? Now, you just went a little past it. Yeah, because I'm going backwards. So now, but that could be anything, right? That could literally be, could be. some kind of device, not even a radio, right?
1: Yeah, that's some interference. And now, that's because I don't mm-hmm. have an antenna hooked up to this radio. That's just uh, some, some localized interference. It's probably okay. It's probably these lights. Yeah.
0: So now right there, you committed a cardinal sin, man. You've got your radio on with no antenna. Is that a myth? Yeah, I is live on the bummer? edge. I'm
2: not worried about
1: that. <laughs> the reason why is you might accidentally transmit into... So I guess an analogy would be for people who use um, bow and arrow or, mm-hmm. or crossbow. If you fire, if you fire, if you release the, the bow without an arrow, all that energy goes somewhere it's not supposed to go Mm -hmm. and causes all kinds of havoc. And if you are using a radio without an antenna and you key Mm -hmm. down on the transmitter and you send out a signal, all that power goes somewhere. Mm -hmm. And um, when when that power goes somewhere, it's not supposed to go. It causes problems, and in radios, that means burnt out final transistors. So that would be expensive. You've got Armament Axis asking if we could make a contact on the radio right now. Yeah, I am not might... set up to do that, but right. we could have we could have planned a little bit better, and, and I could have been yeah. set up to do that, and he could have been set up to do that. Yeah, he's got a, an ID fifty two D Star radio. I have the seven oh five D Star radio. Mm-hmm. My my internet hotspot is turned off right now because I just rearranged all my ham shack stuff. Mm-hmm. And if that was on, I'd be able to do it. My 705, I could do it, but I would need to get back into terminal mode and connect, and he'd need to get into terminal mode, and we'd need to find a reflector that we could both connect to. And we could do that through the Internet. Um, the other way that we can do that is if Hank was to upgrade to a general class license and get himself an HF station, mm-hmm. and then we could get connected that way. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so technically
0: it is possible, uh, one, through we'll the Internet. do that internet. in a future show. Yes, absolutely. We can do that in a future show through the internet, um, and then I'm sure folks here will be like, "Well, what if there's no internet? Uh, without that general, I guess repeaters are not really gonna." You're you're in Wisconsin.
1: Yes, go- Yeah, I'm in Wisconsin. So what what Hank's talking about now, Hank has a technician license and Mm -hmm. there's three different levels of licenses. You have the technician, which is your starter license. You have the general, which is the next license up and then you have the extra license, which Mm -hmm. is the license that I have. And all it means is that I, I know more test questions than Hank knows. It doesn't mean that I'm any smarter than he is or anything Mm -hmm. along those lines. Um, But it gives me more frequency privileges. So Hank can use anything above 10 megahertz, 10 megahertz, anything above 10 meters. So 10 meters, six meters two meters, 70 centimeters, uh, 1.2 gigahertz. You can go all the way to 10 gigahertz and higher and higher than that. Mm-hmm. I can use all of those frequencies plus frequencies that are a lot lower. The lower frequencies, we're getting real nerdy here, the mm-hmm. lower frequencies will bounce off the ionosphere and they will travel in these waves where it bounces off the ionosphere, bounces off the ground, bounces off the ionosphere, etc., and keeps making this... Um, propagation is what the word is around the planet and that's how I'm able to make those long distance communications mm-hmm. and Hank just needs to take another test and then we'd be right up there and be able to do that. Yeah, I think
0: uh general you said right that um, general, uh, yeah. Yeah, Armin and Axis says yes without internet all good. Uh be cool to see. Uh, yeah, we could, we'll we'll make some future plans for that. I'm not sure when I'm getting my general probably next year. But but for example, if you were in if you were in Florida Mm-hmm. Right. And you could get on, um, at, like a repeater on the Sarnet here. We would be able to speak to each other right now. So yeah, if, I could get
1: onto a repeater in North Florida and you could be in, in the keys mm-hmm. and we could make a com- a conversation through, they're called linked repeaters. Yeah. And so there's a bunch of hams that operate all of these different repeaters that are then all connected together. So when yeah. I key up in North Florida, you can, it'll link all the way through all of the repeaters without infrastructure of the, the public, the, the on-grid kind. Right. Um, all the way down. Yep. Yeah. Now, so
0: how come there's not a like a nationwide repeater network?
1: Well, this is all volunteer type stuff, and okay. the fact that you can't have any commercial interest in it mm-hmm. um, really limits what people do. I can't. I can't call Domino's Pizza down the street on my ham radio and mm-hmm. complete the transaction. Okay. Um, Because it's not allowed. So why would Domino's want to put any money into putting up a ham radio tower on top of their restaurant (laughs) so that I can order a pizza from them?
0: Yeah. Now, technically, you can actually use your ham radio to make a phone call, right? Because I know that the guy I was telling you about, my friend Brad, who's been doing this since the 80s, said that he used to be able to do it and you could still do it. You can use your ham radio and actually connect to telephone lines and make calls.
1: Yeah, it's called Auto patch, and that's something mm-hmm. where you have a repeater. So the, the the group of people in your ham radio club local to you have put up this tower. They put up a radio system. They put in a connection to the phone line, and then you can make that call. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're dialing, you're, you're in your car keying up on your radio to go to the repeater. You punch a bunch of keys on the keypad on the front of the radio, mm-hmm. and from the front of the radio, um, you would dial like star 572, which then tells the repeater to go into auto patch mode and then you would punch in the phone number and then you could call your significant other and say, hey, I'm on my way home. Uh, mm-hmm. Traffic's pretty bad. Big snowstorm. Yeah. I'll be a little delayed. Just letting you know everything's fine. Yeah. But you again, you don't want to make it a long conversation because there are other dudes that are trapped in their car in a big, bad snowstorm that want to talk to their wives and say everything's mm-hmm. fine.
0: Yeah. And you also, you also have to follow the, uh, the general rules of amateur radio, right? So no cursing, et cetera.
1: Yep, yep. And communicate your
0: call sign every 10 minutes. Yeah. All all those things. But that's amazing to think. You know, and mm-hmm. I think I think I was reading somewhere that there were people that would volunteer I don't know maybe I saw that somewhere that would volunteer to make communications Um, with, let's say, people serving, you know, from one place to another and do uh, connect calls. And I think there was like a famous politician who did it. I could be wrong. Maybe it was Bob Dole or one of those guys that did that a lot. And he would volunteer to do that and make the phone call connection so that people serving in the military could communicate.
1: Yeah. So every single day, there's uh, what they call a traffic net. So this is a piece of traffic that came across the traffic system. And I did a show on how to do this, and then somebody sent a piece of traffic to me, mm-hmm. and I didn't get it over the air, and this, um, this bill person here actually dropped this thing into an envelope and stuck it in the mail and sent it to me. Wow. So this person here, let's see if I can say it. It says uh, no phone, temporarily offline at gmail.com is my email address, and... Marcus K zero four CES. So a four call is going to be in your area, Florida area. Mm. um Saw my show, got on his local traffic net, sent it, and then the Wisconsin traffic net picked this up. K nine NY picked it up from Fall Creek, Wisconsin, and mm. then sent it up to me in Luck, Wisconsin. Yeah. So this That's came from Holly school. Hill, Florida.
0: <laughs> Where you know Holly Hill, Florida. Holly Hill. Okay. Yes, I've heard of yeah. that. Yeah. That's really cool. That's old school stuff right there. Armament and Axis is saying, "Yeah, we can curse on our CB radios." Laugh out loud. Is that true? I don't think that's true. Is it?
1: I, I think it's illegal, but there's no nobody policing it to tell you yeah. you can't. Yeah. So. Kind of like going 50, 55 in a fifty mile an hour zone.
0: Yeah. Do nobody you cares. have you ever done a video? I'm gonna. I, I, I mean, you know, I'm annoying like this. I'll have a whole bunch of ideas of what you can make videos on. Have you You're ever welcome a- to make a video on my channel anytime <laughs> you want, Hank? You know, yes, we will. We'll make some videos together. Um, you know, and and actually, when I met you, you you were like, "Hey, man, if you want to figure out how to use your radio, we'll get online and we'll do it." Yeah, we'll we'll do some stuff. So, um, it'll be cool to get a video on all the things that people do to annoy people on uh, amateur radio that they shouldn't do. Yep you know because i know i was listening to uh there was uh, it wasn't it wasn't the sarnet but it was another repeater and there was a guy i think it was when i was in alabama and there was a guy getting on there and kerchunking all the time which is basically like pushing the talk button yep. on the radio just to to interrupt other
1: people talking mm-hmm. you know and that's bad form yep, yep. right bad form there there are um Undesirable people everywhere. In every hobby, and every walk of life, you will mm-hmm. you will find the the anti hobby person. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you call them. Yeah, we call them lids. Yeah, I L-I- think L-I-D. Okay, and what does that mean? I I don't know. I just know oh. <laughs> it's a generic term to describe somebody who uh, is is mm-hmm. rather ignorant about what they're supposed
0: to be doing. Right. I think it all started because this guy got on there and said something like, let's go, Brandon, which, hey, I'm fine with. But even when I heard that, I was like, oh, I thought these guys don't talk about politics or anything like that over the airwaves. And so a couple of people came on and said, hey, we don't discuss politics over the airwaves. And then the guy got mad and just started chunking in or uh, playing music off the radio. Hurt. Yeah. Yeah. He was just messing up everything for everyone else. Like, man,
1: that's it. A- that's you can get fined move. for that, but it's <laughs> right. uh, it's you have to cause a really, really, really big disturbance in order mm-hmm. to run up against that fine.
0: Okay, I know we've got like it 45. Yeah, we've got 45 seconds uh, or less than that. But does the FCC actually go after anyone, or do they really have to do bad stuff?
1: You really have to do something bad before the FCC gets involved. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because they don't have time. They don't have the time or the resources oh, okay. to police that kind so of. So people
0: get away with stuff. So there's no way to deal with that person, huh? We can't, like, send a virus through to their, to their radio and
1: knock them out. Well, away. I mean, I know their call sign, which is attached to their address, so I know where they live. And I have mm-hmm. the, the intelligence to do radio direction finding and mm-hmm. narrow down where they're transmitting from. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of public knowledge that exists. Yeah,
0: we're going we're gonna to go to a break here. We'll be right back. Coming right yeah. back. We wouldn't be able to keep the Who Move My Freedom podcast going without the support of a DAO or decentralized autonomous organization like Tusk Crypto. Tusk Cryptocurrency is a firearm-friendly e-commerce option for online payment transactions secured on the blockchain. So when you're in the crypto market, please consider Tusk. T-U-S-C. So now um Armin and Axis says um those are radio trolls, just like internet trolls. You know. So now can you can you really track everyone down? Like of course, if a guy has a call sign, you could track him down. But how how often does a guy with a call sign do that? Is it more often people who just don't have a license, maybe they have a Bofang or something
1: else and they're just using their airwaves? So so there's a lot of people that are unlicensed that, that Go out. I mean, you can just go to Amazon and buy one of these radios. There's nothing that's mm-hmm. going to, you don't have to prove that you have a license or anything. So there are people that will do those kind of things. Um, it's not that frequent, and they typically hang out in the exact same spot everywhere. So on the 40 meter band, you can go to 7.200 and you'll hear a lot of um, interesting people. And you can go to a website, WebSDR, Web Software Defined Radio, so websdr.org, and you can listen, you can pick a. Uh, receiver somewhere in the vicinity of where you want to hear. And then you can tune it to seven dot 200 and you can hear these people. And it's, it's kind of shocking how, how, uh, how intelligent they are. Let's just put it that way. Um, yeah. And, and what would I need to do to find one of those? It would, it would be more effort than I care to put in, but it is doable. It's possible to find them.
0: Yeah. When Lola and I were driving back here, it was around like, so when we were in Alabama, that's around the time when the slap hurt around the world happened. Right? You know, the Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. Yep. Yeah. And there was there were people broadcasting that over the airwaves. <laughs> you know, and I was like, wow, this is you know. I mean, and I was just, you know, I was just going through someplace and scanning. So I was just on the highway scanning, and I came across that and I was like, okay, there's interesting stuff out here.
1: Yeah, A friend of mine and I had a really interesting conversation about that. And I, Mm -hmm. I really wasn't sure where I'd fall on that. We were just kind of having one of those, you know, we're, we're two intelligent people that's explored the space about Mm -hmm. that whole Chris Rock, Will Smith thing. And Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. it was interesting how it fell down because, Mm -hmm. um, he kind of, he didn't have the right to do that. Mm -hmm. And then like, was it, was it morally right to stand up for your spouse or was it, was it wrong or, or Mm -hmm. where, where does all that go from a concealed carry perspective? That was wrong. Mm Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Know, you. Could, I, go ahead. I was going to say if, if if he felt that way and then pulled out his concealed carry piece and shot Chris Rock, that mm-hmm. would be a definite no no. Yeah. that would be against the law.
0: So. Yeah, I th- I think in lots of ways it was wrong. I really can't think of too many ways that it was right. I mean, I you know a lot of people try to use the rationalization of well, you know, you're, he was defending his wife. Um, I think that that's null and that whole that whole defending the wife thing is null and void if you and your wife are both actors and act you know she's an actress, he's an actor in Hollywood they voluntarily went to the academy awards that especially in the last i don't know i mean i don't I haven't looked at it in a long time really to be honest with you, but I think right. in the last ten years it's really become kind of like a roast you know so you so know, he, he you know knew what was he was going. getting into. Yeah, you know the rules going in that you're going there and you know everyone's getting uh being made fun of and if you looked around in the room like we all saw this video there's all these other celebrities in there that uh Chris Rock was roasting um I think if you voluntarily go into a situation like that you have no business putting your hands on it on anyone, right? And then on top of that, someone making fun of your wife even if she has uh something that makes her hair her lose hair or whatever i mean it's like you know there's there's things that yes if someone said that to you about your wife you're going to get really mad but still even then even if he would have said something that was really horrible do you really have the right to just assault a guy
1: no and and the thing that was i it was really interesting to me my friend came up with this um thought will smith really had the ability to do a lot more harm Quietly, silently behind the scenes, pulling some puppet strings mm-hmm. than he did with that slap on stage.
0: Yeah, well, I think, and it goes deeper than that, you know, into like personal stuff. I mean, I think he's been emasculated just by the whole relationship that they decided to put out there. I'm, I'm a libertarian when it comes to things of a personal nature for people. I don't care what people's preferences are, right. you know, especially the bedroom's not my business if you're not, if, if it doesn't involve children right (laughs) you know or people who can't volunteer who don't volunteer themselves for that um then it's not our business
1: consent what yeah (laughs) Yeah.
0: but if if you if if you're in the business of making all of that public to people you can't really get mad about it but it does seem like he just had a lot of pent-up aggression over that and it just also seemed to me it was bull. that was really bullying he clearly had an advantage over chris rock um i've met chris rock a few times in my life and he's you know he's he's not an alpha male no yeah no
1: you know he's just not, and i'm not trying to say smith it in a bad way all right? these alpha males all the time and we pay him a lot of money to betray all these alpha <laughs> i don't males, i don't, I don't he think he does will an smith alpha male al- thing and we get mad at him you know well
0: and i don't even really think will smith is an alpha male because i i have to say that real alpha males would not do things like that okay they if you ever look at if you just look if we go to the animal side of what we call an alpha male if you look at any, you know, wolves, lions, or whatever, they don't really do that. You'll see like a little, ba- you know, a little baby cub or whatever playing around with the alpha, and he really doesn't, he doesn't hurt him or do anything
1: like that, right? Only no, if, no, there's they, a, only if there's they have a way, to, like that, that, like they they do that mouthing thing yeah. where they don't like pinch and draw blood and kill. They just kind of right. like you know like. Yeah, you see dogs even doing it.
0: Yeah, if you're into dogs, you know, you'll see dogs doing that. So a real alpha male does not have to prove that to people. A real alpha male only goes into that mode when it's absolutely necessary to do it, if there's really a threat or something like that. I think, you know, Will Smith, because of whatever his issues are, and because of the fact that he's an actor, he chose someone that was an easy target. You know, if he really wanted to be a badass, he could have waited until like The Rock was up there and try that.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been funny. So, i mean I'm pretty sure would be here chat, right now. And I, I mm-hmm. totally agree with this. Like, mm-hmm. I hadn't seen the Academy Awards mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... That is the only part of the Academy Awards that I have seen in my life mm-hmm. was that mm-hmm. one scene, and I have not been able to stop seeing it because no one will let me. Right, <laughs> but right. But I didn't see anything before that. I didn't <laughs> see anything after that. I haven't. I didn't see it last year. The year before. Right. I, I don't care.
0: When I was so, I've always been interested in filmmaking. So when I was younger, I did look at the Oscars and all that. And you know, there was a time in my life where I, where I considered actually going to Hollywood. I have a friend that uh, went out to Hollywood, and uh, I don't know if he, I don't know if we could say he made it, but. I see him still in TV commercials. Um, so I, I've looked at those things. Like I used to look at the Grammys and I used to look at the Oscars. And then, of course, you know, just growing up as a kid, back in the days, you only have one TV. And my mom was basically in charge of that. And she watched those things also. But as, as an adult, I've completely lost interest in it. I mean, they, they don't even reward the people making the movies that the general population enjoys, you know. Right. It's, it's always some artsy, which is fine, but there's always like political messages and all kinds of subliminal programming that's trying to get pushed on people instead of just pure. I don't really, I feel like we're losing actual entertainment you know do you remember that we used to be able to look at movies and it was just it was just a cool movie and we didn't feel like we were getting knocked upside the head with some kind of indoctrination or agenda, something agenda yeah there's yeah. always some
1: kind of agenda going on i mean yeah. i don't know like early star trek was trying to explore the space mm-hmm. and i don't feel like i don't feel like the early star trek shows were pushing an agenda. I think they were just exploring the space. And now there are these shows where they're trying to push an agenda that doesn't make sense to be pushed in that direction. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I don't know where we're going with it. Yeah. But, uh,
0: Every single time it's disturbing to me. I mean, I think, wow, you just don't want to entertain people anymore. You just want to, you know, just sh- shove things uh, on people. And I guess that we've always had an element of that, but – It's gotten really bad, and I think a lot of people are tuning out. And that's why you and I are in the business, if you want to look at it that way that we're in, that um, even though there's a lot of content creators, lots of people putting stuff on YouTube and Utreon that we're on now and all the different social medias, lots of video going up, but there's also lots of people still consuming it because there's a lot of crap out there coming from the establishment.
1: Yeah, and the stuff that we put up, I mean, like the... The, you mentioned it earlier, my ham clock video, that will mm-hmm. never make Friday night primetime television. It was it, awesome. <laughs> and it's not designed to, but I don't watch Friday night primetime mm-hmm. television. I want right. to know the best way to use my Kubota mini tractor to level a, a new campground on my mm-hmm. property here. I want to know when the best time to plant seeds is. I want to know what the the best sites are to modify my m and P. I I want to know these kinds of things, and you're not going to find that. I'm mm-hmm. I'm a knowledge seeker. I'm I'm a knowledge sharer, and yeah. I I want to be in that space. And entertainment type stuff, there's there's a place for it for sure. But I spend more of my time watching educational, inspirational type stuff on YouTube than I do watching um, you know television. I haven't had a over-the-air or cable TV subscription since mm. 1999. 2000 oh wow! Time okay, time. you got me beat. Yeah, yep. I think I dropped and, that in
0: about 2000. 8 or 9. I, I yeah, once that. once
1: cable internet came out, I got rid of cable TV. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So. <laughs> but also listen, I have to say this, you are entertaining. You are funny. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. There was uh there was a video that I was looking at. We're talking about uh we were talking about all the the FCC changes in fees and all that. And, you know, I look at your stuff, man. And there was this video that came on talking about how the FCC was changing the phonetic alphabet. And uh, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm freaking looking at this. I'm looking at this video. And you're, there's a lot of, you guys have to look. I can't, I can't make, I can't like actually repeat how funny this was because I'm like, what the hell is Steve talking about? I was a good three minutes. <laughs> Or at least into this. And he's come up with this phonetic stuff. And I was like, no, hold on a second. And then I looked at my, I looked at my phone. I was like, oh, it's April 1st.
1: Damn it. April four. I gotcha. <laughs> yeah. This is Steve, yeah. mnemonic nine known here. Yeah. It was really I funny. I so. straight-faced. I had slides to show the new, the new alphabet. And yeah. yeah it was, uh,
2: you had me going. You I, had, I, had me going for a
1: while to build that one. Yeah. And I, I got a phone call on that one. Uh, uh-huh. I had... I had um, I took the uh, the logo of a certain public-facing organization and, and changed it. Yeah. I made it the AFRL. <laughs> yeah. the, the April they didn't Fools like that? <laughs> they, yeah. they didn't like that. No? So, you know, I, they asked me to take it down. And, and they're, they're good friends, so I, I right. took it down. But uh, oh, okay. I, I just thought it was part of the gag. I thought it was funny.
0: No, it was funny. It was funny. Next time, yeah. make it the AFT or something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I've had
0: the NRA actually ask me. So there was a time I made a video, a positive video for the NRA, which I'm not a huge fan of these days. But I'm, I made a positive video for the NRA and I had that, you know, the red letters and everything from the NRA in there. And their lawyer mm-hmm. sent me a cease and desist. Yep. You cannot, you know. I've, I was I've like, brushed what? up against that a lot, yeah. Yeah. So so after that I was like, okay, well I'm just going to put regular big red NRA letters in. <laughs> you know, right. in there. I don't even waste my time talking about them now. Um, the a, what is it? A R R L American yeah. radio relay league or the yeah, league, cool. which is a lot easier to say. <laughs> yeah. Those are cool folks. And, and, you know, you always want to support the organizations that are supporting what you're doing. So like for amateur radio, et cetera, you want to support those places. What are the other organizations? Is it just that, or are there other places
1: yeah, so there's radio. one for, I think there's one for every country. I mean, there's the IARU, the International Amateur Radio Union or something like that. And then there's the RSGB or Ofcom, O-F-C-O-M-M in uh, Europe. And then like Australia has their own, New Zealand has their own. And the U.S., it's the FCC. And then the mm-hmm. corollary to the FCC the, is the private version, the ARRL, where we're trying to like maintain our freedoms the same way that the NRA will try to maintain their the the gun holders freedoms our Mm -hmm. freedoms also Mm -hmm. um so it's a uh lobbying organization a publishing organization arl Mm -hmm. does a lot of uh scholarships for for youth um half a million dollars in scholarships are available this year Mm -hmm. for anybody that wants to get into technical programs that are radio related Mm -hmm. so lots of lots of stuff out there
0: yeah I'm just wondering uh, how many people will call the ARRL to complain of this, when you did that thing. There were probably people oh, were like, know. what? <laughs> yeah, and yeah,
1: they didn't yeah. not no, even I, realize
0: uh, it. <laughs>
1: we, we communicate with the ARL mm-hmm. quite a bit. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, one of my friends works there and mm-hmm. he's like, hey, I'm, I'm getting a call from my boss. You, how long do you think about keeping that video up? I'm like, oh, it's an <laughs> April Fool's gag. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to like kind of as long as possible. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's like it's about to that go to viral. <laughs> yeah, the video you, did pretty well, so I was yeah. pretty happy with that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was funny. I, I didn't realize. So you took it
1: down. It's not up there, huh? No, no. The video is still up, and it's actually still getting views. I just took their logo off of it. Oh, okay. And, and okay. It actually says in text, April Fool's Relay League or April, April mm-hmm. Fool's Radio League or something like that. So oh, okay. So it's very clear that it's an April Fool's gag and it was released on April 1st. Yeah. I've got one planned for next year already. I thought about that. I'm like, do I do that one instead? So mm-hmm. who knows?
0: Yeah. I don't think we're getting Glenn Tate today. So I haven't. Uh, Lola says she hasn't heard back from him. There could be something going on there. I mean, I think we're still having fun. We're, we're having a great show. We may get him here in the future. I know that you're yeah. you're a fan of his work,
1: right? Oh, I'm a big fan of his work. Yeah, I, I read all the books. and He, yeah. he does a lot of, of exploring of the space, which I, I really like things that, ex, that explore the, the space. So there's a situation in his mm-hmm. book where he's doing all of this preparedness work for this eventual government fall this government problem and his family's not really on board with it one of his kids is the other one of his kids i think was too young and then his wife wasn't really on board with it and he got everything prepared and finally he just had to go because the situation Mm -hmm. arose and he had to go Mm -hmm. and i I wanted to talk to glenn about this because that would be a really tough decision to make to leave this leave the supplies behind for your family and then leave because you have to do these have, things in order to be alive to take care of your family and yeah, you his family eventually did come over and join him and, and mm-hmm. that went on in a couple of the books in the future but that's a that was a turning point in that book
0: yeah we I, i'm not sure exactly what happened i know things come up so um and I, and actually he oh, was the one I, that he he uh, reached out to us I had not actually heard of him before he reached out to us, but when we looked him up, we're like, oh, this, this guy sounds really cool. So I'm sure he'll be on, and uh, when he comes back on, I'm going to, you know, as long as you're available, we'll love to have you come back yeah. to do
1: that. Yeah, I'd love to come back. It'd be great.
0: Yeah. I um, Have you heard of um,
1: Angry American? He's also got I some. have. Yeah, yep. the Going Home series. Yes, Going Home. Yeah, I just, that's I some just stuff. finished that one. That was great. There was a lot of radio stuff in there. He would. He had mm-hmm. a, like a Yezu eight one eight or something, and he would. This is something that you have to have your license now in order to practice this stuff and be aware of this stuff and know how all this stuff works and be able to do these things. And the crew that he met up with in that book knew how to do all that stuff and, and set him up. So he would go and he'd toss a wire in the tree and he would make a local contact with the mm-hmm. Yezu radio, and they had all of their communications. Um, their, their lingo down they had their situations handled he had a, a code book um, and he was able to communicate back that there were some situations that were happening and, and because this was after the fall it was considered an emergency situation so it could be coded yeah
0: angry. And, go ahead what, what did you see oh, I'm
1: looking at this comment in the chat I, re, I remind him of Sheldon
0: <laughs> yeah Angry American's actually been here on the show he's someone I know um, excellent yeah he's here in Florida, and a lot of what he's talking about in those books is actually in the area that I live in um, and I met him through through the podcast because there were some people I'm not sure if those folks are still listening to the podcast or not, but there were some people who were like, hey, you know this guy's talking about a lot of the kind of stuff that, that you're wanting to find out about and know about. You should check out his books and all that. And so his fans kind of put you know him and I together. And then we actually had him um, on the show at least once or twice. Excellent. So it's, I think that was back in the early days of the show. And his stuff is really good. It, it gets you thinking. And... You know, going back uh, years ago, uh, when Lola and I first moved to Florida, we were living in West Palm Beach. And I remember having these nightmares about an apocalypse. And in my nightmares, I got separated from Lola and the kids. And then, I mean, it was just really, it was really detailed. I'm actually a storyteller myself and very interested in not just making movies, but but writing these kinds of uh, books myself. And it was so detailed and so long, almost like how a book is. When you're reading a book, you feel like you're going through years sometimes, right? And I remember these dreams were, were like, I was trying to find the kids and all that kind of stuff. And then I would locate the kids and, and the conditions that they were living under and all that kind of stuff was, was permeating my dreams. And it's the thing that pushed me to start figuring out how to defend myself and how to take care of myself and... All of this stuff that we're talking about now, just, you know, I didn't, I didn't even have to get scared reading those, those books, you know,
1: I was working for the government in um, Northern Virginia, and we were in this high rise building. I want to say I was on the 25th floor of like a 30, 30, floor building. And so you, you drive, and I was driving an hour and a half into work, because that's what you do when you live in Northern Virginia area. You have to live somewhere, and you have to drive somewhere, and those two somewheres aren't connected for any amount of money that I could afford.
0: Right,
2: and yeah. And I
1: drove drove into the office, so an hour and a half into the office, parked in the parking garage in the in the basement of the building, went up the elevator, out of the elevator, through the lobby, badged into the door, et cetera, et cetera. I'm, I'm in this. Um
0: the Who Moved My Freedom podcast is made possible by our partners at 2A Commerce. Veteran owned and with over 20 years experience, 2A Commerce is the leader in custom e commerce and web application development in the shooting sports industry. Clients include major brands such as Guard Dog Body Armor, Sylvan Arms, AccuFire Technologies, The Tactical Games, Warrior Knife Company, and yours truly, Hank Strange. Visit 2A Commerce and support this show by supporting them. Once again, visit the number two, a commerce.com. Yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah. So you said you, you got off the elevator.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm on this, this 25th floor of this building and we had a fire alarm go off and everybody just left the building, which is what you're supposed to do. Don't get me wrong. But, um, I'm sitting there in the plaza, like right next to the building that's supposedly on fire. I'm like, you know, just down where the fountain and the, the plants and all are. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm an hour and a half from home. My car is in the basement of this building that's on fire, and I'm sitting out here in the plaza with nothing. I mean, all I've got is my cell phone. So I mean, I can call for a ride, but this is ignorant. So mm-hmm. I, st- I stopped parking in the building at least, and then I started looking for another job and got out of that mess. But man, like you, we talk about preppers in a in a bad mm-hmm. light sometimes, and and I mm-hmm. identify as a prepper, but I don't really talk loudly about it because people laugh at you when you say it. But like. Man, that was a situation where I was just again just completely caught off guard and it's an eye opener like you were saying like you're separated mm-hmm. from your family and how do you get back there and what do you do and and I mean I would have to call for help and it's an hour and a half away at the mm-hmm. at the earliest in order to come out and get me mm-hmm. and yeah, that sucks.
0: Yeah, hold on a second. I think we might be getting uh Glenn coming in now. <laughs> Hey, Hold welcome. on a second. Uh, let, let's see. Hold on. I think we've got him. Let me see if I could. Uh...
1: The show's going to go into overtime today.
0: Uh oh. I, I don't know how your timing uh is, but let's see. Glenn, can you hear us? Hello. Hey. I'm
3: so sorry. <laughs> What's I'm up, so man? sorry. I got caught up in kind of an emergency thing at work, and uh, that's not a good enough excuse. I kept you guys that's waiting, all right. which is uncool. So. My apologies.
0: Oh, that's all right, man. We figured something uh, happened, so you know we were just we were just talking about you.
3: <laughs> oh, okay. For the Sorry. last
1: hour and forty-five minutes, yeah. <laughs> no, non-stop. Yeah,
3: like, yeah. That's me, great radio. Like, when's this guy showing up? No, right. don't like that. They don't like that at all. No,
0: we were just talking about you know how we how the two of us got into being prepared. Let me introduce you. Well, first of all, I'm Hank Strange. I don't think we've ever actually met anywhere unless i'm mistaken.
1: No, no, i'm i'm Hank Strange.
0: Oh, okay, right. <laughs> no, okay.
1: <laughs> That's <laughs> strange.
3: This ah. is my friend
0: uh Steve. He has a YouTube channel called Temporarily Offline. He is a ham radio guy.
3: Oh, okay, very very cool.
0: Very cool. And Steve, this is Glenn Tate and for the folks out hey, Glenn. there, Glenn is an author and a lawyer and uh your 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 stories, i just started your uh your first Uh, in the series the 299 days yeah I just started that today I'm a few hours I'm listening to it on audiobook Uh, it's available on audible for anyone out there (laughs) no not at all audible refuses to do anything with me Uh, but I still listen it's it's a great service so I I just started that today man welcome to the show how are you
3: well I'm great I I I got to get past this apology thing that's going on. I, no, I, <laughs> I grew up by the Canadian border, so I'm I'm functionally Canadian, which means I apologize for everything. So okay, <laughs> uh, no, that so you won't hear any more of that. But uh, no, thank you for uh, uh, listening to the books. Um, I have to say, the narrator is absolutely amazing. I think you would agree that the narrator. Is fabulous. Forget the content; just the narrator is enough reason to. Uh, oh, absolutely! Looking into the books.
0: Yeah, absolutely. If uh, if I don't like the narrator, yeah. I can't go that I can't go that deep into an audio book. I'll probably just read it, you know, um, and listen to the, the voice in my mind is really sexy. So. I don't know if that makes sense <laughs> your own voice your yes voice exactly <laughs> that's one yeah. that's one sexy dude <laughs> that voice in my brain Um uh, but no this the, the narrator is pretty good yes yeah, yeah. go
3: ahead it's funny you mentioned that yeah about the your own voice sounds cooler to you mm-hmm. than it does to other people mm-hmm. uh, people said well why don't i why don't i just narrate it and Mm-hmm. I tried for about thirty seconds and I really sucked at it. There's like an entire art form. It is truly
2: mm-hmm. it is. part of yep. the
3: entertainment business. You need to have actual artist skills to do this, let alone the equipment. I mean, there's all kinds of engineering equipment that you need. But mm-hmm. um you can't you can't do this with a with a cut rate uh narrator and uh and I didn't. So it was ten years ago. So mm-hmm. I, I got him while he was cheap. He's he's yeah. now he's doing <laughs> stuff for New York Times best selling folks and uh and uh I couldn't afford him if I did a new book with him so got him oh, wow. on the ground floor so right, I can spot right. talent I can spot talent <laughs>
0: Absolutely no that's cool Um so you know I know I don't know how much time you have I don't know how much time Steve has here or the the folks out there I'm happy we've got at least still like another 12 minutes in this show so we can we can go on here, or we could you know we could definitely go to the end of the show, and then maybe have you come back uh, some other time because Steve was just saying that he's actually a big fan of your book. So I'm gonna let him get oh, some sure, stuff yeah. in here. Yeah, Steve, you take over. What's your what's what's some stuff you want to ask here?
1: Oh yeah, so I I love the whole book series and. Um... You know it was one of the things that i first listened to i moved out to an area in wisconsin i bought a 40 acre farm and while i'm doing all of my farm work i've got my headset on listening to the audio book and i'm like yep this is why i came out here i I got away from all of that nonsense all of that mess and yep you're absolutely right the politicians are not in it for us they're in it for themselves and i can see that uh, they think that they're smarter than we are and all that jazz and a lot of the stuff that you wrote in that book just totally resonated with me Um, one of the things that I, i read in the book and I, I guess it's kind of a spoiler, but I already spoiled it before you came on the show. Um, there's this section where you've got to leave your family behind, and I wanted to ask you, like, how did that come about? How did you go through that? What was the decision there? You know, just go into that a little bit.
3: Yeah, that's, that's a really great question. You're only the uh, second person to ever ask me that question. I think it's probably the best question to ask about the book because it involves a really heavy topic, and I had to, at least in fiction, uh, but my wife at the time, um, since divorced, um, uh, I, I thought she'd read it. Turns out she didn't, which is probably one of the reasons we got divorced. But anyway, I'm not. This isn't the uh, "Why Glenn Got Divorced" hour because that's not good radio.
1: Welcome, Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah.
3: Hi, I mean, my yeah. name's
1: Glenn Tate. I'm Never. a divorcee.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> that's
3: right. Yeah. But so I, I figured she would end up reading it. So I. I put a lot of thought into whether I was going to have the story go that way. The story really can't go any other way and still be credible because it's a story based on real stuff, which is my life. And at that time, she wouldn't have gone with me if, you know, an event occurred. And one of the reasons that the 299 Day Series is different than others is that it's so real. And I dealt with stuff that regular people deal with. You know, so many... Uh, prepper fiction series involve, you know, SEAL Team 6 guys. I'm not a SEAL Team 6 guy. I mean, no. and most people in the audience aren't.
0: No. And so yeah.
3: it was, it was, I think, kind of refreshing realism for a regular guy, warts and all, mm-hmm. to go through those kind of struggles and uh, and write it down. But as, as far, getting to the substance of what you're talking about, um, survival is a pretty serious business. And if you decide that you have to go on your own. It's horrible. I don't say it's easy at all, but you got to do what you got to do. I think a whole lot of people are going to stay with, um, non-prepared people just out of loyalty or habit or whatever it may be. Guilt maybe. And, uh, they're probably going to end up dying. And, um, I wasn't going to be one of those people both in the book and in real life. So it was a really difficult chapter. A really good friend of mine, um, who I respect a lot, was mad at me for like six months after he read the books because he thought Mm -hmm. what a jerk I was for Mm -hmm. even contemplating that because he said, how could you possibly do that? Um, He's since come around, so that's cool. That's why he's a good friend. But uh, yeah, I hope that answers your question.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I also like the, the slogan that you came up with for the artwork, the I Miss America. That was pretty good.
3: Yeah, I have to, to give credit where credit is due, and that's with Merle Haggard. Um, he has he has a song, and I was listening to it okay. one day, and uh, he just mumbles in the song. It's not a chorus or anything. He just says, I miss America, and I get goosebumps. I physically have goosebumps just saying it every single time because those three words summarize the way a lot of us think. And, of course, it, it becomes a, an important part of the storyline where the good guys – who are trapped behind enemy lines in occupied areas, uh, tag uh, things with I Miss America. And it really rallies people because those three words, it really cuts through the clutter and gets right down to what's on our minds for the most part, what's on our minds. And um, that was a great a great thing. So I have to give, like I say, credit, you know, Merle Haggard. Um, thank you, Merle. Rest your soul.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of things in there I don't know if uh you know I don't know if anyone has any questions or comments. I would say that you know i'm in I'm right in the first book right now, you know, and I was really sucked into it because it's more I think there's a forward in the book talking about I don't think you were talking badly about other books that are out there, but you were just saying that you were trying to make this a more real or human or you know relatable. Kind of a thing. Right. And I think like I got sucked in right away because even in my own life, I could relate to just even in the beginning part of the story, the things that you were talking about, you know.
3: Yeah, you're right. I'm not talking bad about other books. There are tons of tons of great prepper fiction series out there. Um, I've, I've only read a couple of them. I've read One Second After and Patriots, of course. And uh that's about it, because I don't read books, which sounds really weird. Um,
0: <laughs> no. I, time
3: commitment, I, man. yeah, it does it. I,
0: yeah.
3: I mean, yeah. look at me, I was I was late for this because um mm-hmm. I work all the time and mm-hmm. uh so I don't have time to read. Mm-hmm. But it it was good that I I didn't read other books because I wasn't trying to copy anything. It's absolutely fresh. Um people say it's hilarious. They say, Oh, you're so creative, Glenn, because all this dialogue is so amazing. It's not creative at all. It's, it's not creative writing. It's what me and my friends say. It's Mm -hmm. many of the things in book one, the banter among the team, it's stuff we actually said in pow, and you'll get to know uh, pow later on. He's, um, he's the six foot Korean gunfighter who sells insurance in real life. He's a six foot Korean gunfighter who sells insurance. Uh, You can can see how creative (laughs) I I am there. Right. Yeah. I just happen to know interesting, cool people. And, uh, But anyway, um, I was talking to him, and he was talking to me, and he said, is this conversation going to end up in a book? And I said, it very likely will. Yeah, Mm -hmm. probably
2: will. Probably, yeah. Mm -hmm.
3: So that's why the dialogue um, is different. I'm not going to say better. I'm just going to say different than most dialogue because I wasn't trying. I never thought anyone would read these books. I didn't write them for anyone to read them. Mm -hmm. I just couldn't stop writing them. And then I sent in uh, 10 books to the first publisher that I sent them to, Oh, well. Who said, do you want a 10 book deal? <laughs> which is unheard of. Um, mm. I, I was more surprised than anybody. And um, then I had a problem. See, I was going to, I figured if people by mistake bought the books, which is kind of what I thought they would do. Because again, I didn't think anyone would ever read them. And that turned out to be wrong. A lot of people have read them. Um, I realized I'd have a 1099 that I'd have to deal with. And uh, then my wife would know I wrote them because I wrote them without her knowing about it. I spent three years writing these books. And sort of didn't tell her because I knew she would be opposed to my crazy prepping, wacky ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, So that wasn't a good move on my part, but it is what it is.
0: Yeah, some of the best art, you know, um, comedy, lots of things, music uh, comes from real life. You know, it comes from the pains that we're experiencing and. You know, writing, drawing, those kinds of things. I mean, I think, you know, as a kid, like I grew up in New York City in the crack 80s. That kept me from becoming a crackhead or becoming a a drug dealer, you know, just doing something really destructive uh, to my life, just being able to express myself. You know, it's a good way to work out the problems you have.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Writing these books was very therapeutic.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny, like, when you guys went, I think Steve brought up a good question, you know, um, there's a, like, I know my dad used to tell me this, that if you try to
1: save uh, someone who's drowning, you could also wind up drowning. Yeah, you gotta save yourself first, the whole gas mask, air mask in the plane, oxygen mask. Oxygen mask, that's the word.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, it's a, it's, it's something that you really have to think about, you know, when you love, you know, your, your, your wife, your kids, like at what point do you go, I mean, do you force them (laughs) to do something for their own good that do you even, you know, in the end, what happens there, right? Like we, we, we really seriously could be making those kinds of decisions. And I think, um, in the last two years, some people have made those decisions.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And, like I say, you gotta, and that's a great analogy, by the way, about the drowning and the oxygen mass on the airplanes. I'm going to mm-hmm. use those, by the way. I'm going to, I'm going to very uh, shamelessly steal those from. Oh, that's fine.
1: They're, they're so. so, so my, 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 my logo down here in the corner, just uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: that's just right. Little yeah. attribution.
0: Yeah. If there's um, a, if there's a handsome, you know, black guy with a mohawk in your next book, I'm going to be happy. I'm, I got, oh I got yeah, no, points. I mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean,
3: I got a six-foot Korean gunfighter <laughs> sells insurance. Why not have a handsome black man with a mohawk? Why not? Exactly, exactly. I mean, you know. Right.
0: <laughs> Worse uh, things have happened.
3: Yeah. A lot of people that are in what I would call, it's a weird use of the term, mixed marriages, but pre- preppers and non-preppers mm-hmm. are going to be facing this. I think that in a lot of cases, not all, but in a lot of cases, the problem will resolve itself because events on the ground will be so obvious. It'll be so obvious that you can't stay behind yep. in the suburbs that are on fire, mm-hmm. that it won't be a hard sell. Now, that's that's still not okay in mm-hmm. in the sense that if you've got a prepper and a non-prepper in a marriage, the prepper, in my case, prepping secretly, spending money secretly, having to worry about getting caught. I talk in the book about bringing things through customs is what I called it when I would unload stuff from the garage and bring it into the house, you know, bringing it through customs. And uh, so you put a lot of stress on the prepping spouse, and it's not fair to the prepping spouse. But all that gets washed away if, in a crisis, the non-prepping spouse says, okay, I'm on board. What are we going to do? What do we need to do? And then everything's cool. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, bygones are bygones because you're going to survive this with your family intact.
1: Mm-hmm. You, you don't save money for retirement at 65. Yeah. Right. Exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you have you seen any parallels, you know, with what happened with COVID? I think the stats were saying, especially in the beginning, there were lots of divorces when people had to stay home and live with each other.
3: Wow. Well, yeah. I've, right. I've heard uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Child I'm abuse went
0: up. Divorces yeah. went up, you know.
3: Substance abuse, suicides, all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff went up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I have heard that as far as the, the effect of COVID on the prepper, non-prepper spousing, One of the guys on the team, and I won't say which, he's actually not in the books because he joined the team after the books were written. But his, his wife was not at all into what he was doing. She kind of tolerated it, sort of rolled her eyes, which isn't really tolerating it. It's allowing it to happen, which is a different thing. But anyway, uh, after COVID, after she went, and it's, it sounds cliche, but it's true, after she went to the store and there was no toilet paper, that honestly, the lack of toilet papers, what did it for? Her. I remember he called me from the parking lot of a Costco and he said, she just went in and there was no toilet paper. And she just said to me, what do we need to do to make sure we're taken care of? And then so that that covid thing opened the eyes of of quite a few people uh, for the better, which is good. Mm-hmm. Hey, we'll take all comers. There's no there's no elitism. Mm-hmm. uh, prepping,
2: mm-hmm. well,
3: I mean, 299 days and then our podcast prepping 2.0. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. the ongoing thing, the podcast. So when I say there's no elitism in the podcast, I mean, kind of ongoing, you know,
2: mm-hmm. we
3: don't, we don't turn our nose down at people that just figured it out with COVID because the more the merrier, the more people that are prepared, the more people that are going to live and they're mm-hmm. going to live at relative comfort mm-hmm. and they're not going to need help from me.
2: -hmm. And they're not going to be stealing my stuff. Yeah, yeah, Mm
3: -hmm. they're not going to be stealing my stuff if they're taken care of. So there's Mm -hmm. no downside to what we do in 299 days and Prepping 2.0 podcast about getting um, people fired up to prep and getting them prepared in whatever level it is they can, because everybody has different financial, you know, resources, different family situations, geography is a factor. You mentioned New York City. I know you don't live there anymore. Thank goodness. Oh, hell no. Oh, no,
0: yeah. Um, <laughs> Most of my family still does, but I had to make that choice to walk away from that.
3: Yeah. And mm-hmm. it wasn't easy, was it? No. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, the thing, look, people, when it comes to spouses, I mean, I think we're all married, right? Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't need. Yeah,
1: okay. <laughs> at, at least uh, once for some of us, yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. twenty. Maybe, maybe yeah. more.
0: <laughs> You know, I mean, this—it's nothing new, right? It's always difficult to get your spouse to listen to you. Whether it's a husband trying to get the wife or wife trying to get the husband. People ask me that in the gun world. You know, how do you get your wife to do stuff with you? And and um, like I know in my case, my wife does do stuff with me. Some things, you know. And I think that I always tell people you can't force that. That's not a thing that you could force. People have to make decisions. I remember when I got into, when I went and got my CCW, my wife didn't want to do it. So I went off on my own and did it. And when I came back, I was talking to friends that uh, one of my friends, she was actually in the Marines and we were just excited talking about gun stuff. And she didn't even have to go do the course. And she was like, you know what? I'm going to go take that course. And then my wife heard us talking about how much fun it was. And she was like, okay, well, I'm going to take the course too. And I was like, okay, I'll go with you guys. You know, and I took it again. So sometimes you just have to leave these things open and let someone find their own interest. Because if you force them into it, then they're going to resist it.
3: Yeah, you it know? never works. And it, it, ne- it doesn't work on anybody, especially the personality of my first wife. Very strong and independent. I mean that in a complimentary sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's absolutely no way she was going to do something she didn't want to do. And it just wasn't going to happen. Why force it? yeah
0: and if you ask lola lolo's probably in the chat somewhere right now saying uh hank strange does not listen to anything i tell him to do either
2: <laughs> right so, yeah it
0: goes yeah and it's and it would be absolutely 100 percent true you know but you have to you have to run it sometimes i think that there's warning signs in life that people refuse to pay attention to you know it's almost like you're running down the highway and there's a sign like hey this road is closed, and then you see another one, like, I'm, I'm serious, the road's closed, and there's another one, like, no, the road's closed, you're gonna die if you keep going down this way, and and people just choose to ignore those things, and I hope that with what we've been going through, that a lot of people in America are paying attention to that and realizing there doesn't have to be some massive apocalypse, you could very easily wind up in a bad situation with something, and it doesn't even, for sure, it kills people, but no more than the people that normally die, but it still massively affects your life. And it and your life is never the same after that.
3: Yeah, I think there are two phases to this uh, issue of people believing that preparation is a good idea. And that's pre-COVID and post-COVID. There was something about those empty store shelves that made people realize that this can happen. I think a lot of people just skipped along in life and figured, oh, I live in America. Nothing bad ever happens in America. Um, you know they didn't. They didn't grow up in New York City in some of the conditions you did, and they, and if they did, they would know that bad things happen in America, right? Oh, absolutely, and, yeah. But they they just they just thought that uh, this is la la land with unicorns and, and sprinkles and, and fairy dust, and uh, and then they saw again. It was a very small thing, but toilet paper is kind of important. Uh, uh-huh. That there that it's possible for things to be not on the shelves in America. And now, post-COVID, the conversation is a lot different when it comes to convincing people they need to prepare. It takes a lot less convincing. Uh, It's more just tagging on to the COVID shortages and saying, well, you know, gas prices could maybe go up. Oh, geez, you know, that happened. Mm -hmm. Um, We've had a guest on Prepping 2.0. He's our most popular guest. He's a food industry executive. And he he goes by a fake name because he can't get outed because in his corporate world, he's dead meat if he's on a podcast called Prepping Mm
2: 2.0. And
3: he he would predict all these things and not only predict them, which is helpful, but what he would do is explain why. He -hmm. would explain why, for example, um, that ketchup wasn't going to be on the shelves, not because there weren't enough tomatoes, but because the plastic ketchup squeeze bottles were made by one manufacturer in the world. And they were shut down for COVID and they had a bunch of supply chain issues themselves. And so ketchup could not be put into ketchup squeeze bottles. And you can't just put it in number 10 tins or five gallon, you know, uh, squirt bladders or whatever they are. Because nobody knows and, how to
1: use that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: And so well, it, it really sunk in more when you heard mm-hmm. the explanation why. But mm-hmm. that's that's. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting a little far afield, but it's a different conversation nowadays.
1: Yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah, so you you brought up the toilet paper thing, and it seems like nobody thought of, like, there are other solutions besides toilet paper. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: How do people in, in other parts of the world do we it, had right? This, yeah. We had this conversation
0: cracked. on my show. Yeah, we had this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, you know, and also, even before this whole thing, we've... Uh, had the conversation before and even if you google it you'll see that people say what's the number one um thing that you need to have if everything goes crazy most people are going to say toilet paper because they are not they don't know how to use leaves (laughs) you know or the garden hose (laughs) or or tear up some t-shirts or whatever it is right um as crazy as that sounds as crazy as that sounds we are conditioned um for this i mean in um in uh, Katrina, people left their dogs behind, and their dogs starved to death even though there was a lot of food because they didn't know how to eat if someone didn't serve them. So
3: Exactly right. Very good analogy. I'm, yeah. I'm getting a lot of good analogies <laughs> from you. Right. That's, what, that
0: <laughs> too. that's why we call this podcast Who Moved My Freedom. It's from the book Who Moved My Cheese. I don't know if you guys have heard of that book. I have yeah it's a good book to read very short book I think I don't know I could I, I could read it in 30 minutes um, but basically he's talking about that what happens if someone moves the, if you're a rat in the maze and someone moves the cheese and you show up where you expect it to be and it's not there what do you do you know Yeah. so that's where we're coming from Steve I sense you have another uh, question here
1: I have all kinds of questions yeah we're talking Go about ahead. prepping in the chat and, and Lola actually brought mm-hmm. up a good question what is a uh, What is the simplest step that someone can take towards preparing? And, and my answer for that is like, don't, you don't have to go crazy. I mean, like we have this big definition of what prepping is from all the TV shows and all the people that are really better at it than we are because they've got more experience, more practice, more time in the hole. Mm -hmm. But, uh, what I do is I, I don't buy one thing I buy, I buy two. So if I'm going in to get a shampoo refill, I get two and now I've got the one that's in the bathroom and i've got the one that's on the store shelf lola's in the, laughing right in the
0: now i'll tell you why in a minute go ahead
1: mm-hmm. and then when the one in the bathroom runs out and i pull the one off the, the shelf from my store and put it in the bathroom then it goes on the store list and it's no longer an emergency and i've now like you do that with with everything over a gradual amount of time and and then after a while you're not going grocery shopping anymore i mean when when the shutdowns happened here it didn't matter Mm-hmm. not of not a thing, not a problem at all. we We didn't have we didn't have the right amount of toilet paper stores, but we had a backup plan. We were fine. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. we had plenty of food here, no problems there. We actually raised a lot of our own food, and uh, there was no issues there. And we just kind of wrote it out. We didn't have a whole lot of debts to worry about, so it didn't matter if I kept my job or not. I was fortunate enough to be able to keep my job. But you know, like just getting to the point of being debt free, it doesn't have to happen overnight. You don't have to have an entire warehouse full of supplies. You don't have to have, mm-hmm. um, you know, all of your debts paid off tomorrow morning when you wake up. But just have that mindset and start, start going in that direction. And you'd be surprised how quick you get there.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good answer. Lola's probably laughing because the things that I like when I go into the store with her, which sometimes I'm not allowed for this reason, I buy two. Yep. <laughs> if I like that thing and I know I need it in my brain, I think, you know what? There could be, it could be an apocalypse and I can't get any more brown sugar. I'm getting two right, containers right. Of, the, of the brown sugar. So yeah, for sure. That's a way to think about it. It's an overabundance mentality. You know, some people have like an underabundance mentality and so they don't think about these things. But I think also when it comes to like your, with your example of buying food and things like that, um, a lot of people, only plant like they only think about an apocalypse when it's going to happen. Living in Florida, if if a hurricane gets announced, even if it's not, and hurricanes move slow, so we know where it's going to go. Yeah. People not even in the path will go buy everything in the store. They'll go to they'll go to a Home Depot and just buy everything in Home Depot that that has nothing to do with it. Instead of preparing, and I always try to tell people, you know, prepare for the for the personal apocalypse that could happen to you. Like you lose your job, or you get really badly hurt and now you can't work, or you don't, you're, you know, or you miss you're missing a source of income from from someone in the family. So you know, be prepared for those little things that could happen to just you alone and not everyone else. So, um, Glenn, what's your what's your um, answer to this?
3: Well. Uh, I think the, the most important thing to do prepping-wise, first of all, is is be right with God. I know this isn't a religious show, so I'm not going to go on about that, but that's... No, you're good. But then, yeah,
0: you're then, good. Then, There's then, nothing wrong with that. That's a good one.
3: Yeah. And, but mm-hmm. the second thing mm-hmm. is exactly what was mentioned, a twist on that, and that is understanding that stuff could go wrong. There could be disruptions in supplies. There could be a reason why you can't just go out and get more shampoo or brown sugar, for example, once you accept, and this is why the shelves being empty during COVID were so important. Once you accept that there could be a problem, then you're much more open to solutions to a problem. Nobody's gonna come up with solutions to things that aren't problems. I'm not gonna come up with solutions to how to prevent unicorns from running through the streets and uh, crashing into cars. Because mm-hmm. there are no unicorns. I hate mm-hmm. to break it to you guys, but there are none. And uh, but Steve is worried. So, yeah, it's, it's understanding there's a problem, and it's a mindset thing. Mm-hmm. You know, 90% of success in prepping is mindset, and only a few percentage points are having the time and the money to buy stuff and learn skills. It's, mm-hmm. it's all mindset because, you know, and I've never been in the military. I have a bunch of friends in the special operations community. It's a long story. But um, it's not that interesting. I don't mean to imply that I'm cool because I'm not. Mm-hmm. But all my special operations friends tell me it's all about mindset. It's not just how far you can run or how, how long it takes you with a pack on your back to go some 20-mile course or whatever it is. It's all about mindset. And uh, they say, uh, let me get this phrase correctly. Um, first is mindset. Second is skill set and third is tool set. So stuff is third and mindset is first and skills are second. And And that's one of the reasons preparedness is so doable. Mm-hmm. You don't need a million dollars to do this. Um, you, YouTube is free. You can learn about solar generators. You can learn about, you know, guns. You can learn about all kinds of stuff uh, for free. And uh, And then there's... Ironically, I think the most important prepping topic is actually the cheapest one, and that's water. Um, Having water purification tablets—they're—they're dirt cheap. Um, You can't really survive on them too long because they kind of mess up your stomach a little bit. So, having a good filtration system—it's the most important and the cheapest thing. And when else does does that intersect? Right, Mm -hmm. most important and cheapest—it's pretty rare. So. It's 100% doable, and that's one of the things we talk about in Prepping 2.0. This is doable, and every week we motivate people and let them know what they can do to prepare. Because you know, if your solution is, oh, well, just go spend a million dollars on a bunker, that's not a solution. I mean, that's, that's crazy yep. talk.
1: Yeah. Your you audience won't have any idea how to actually use it either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, well, that's the other thing, um, knowing how to use stuff and practicing with your stuff. And that's another reason to grow into it to learn a few skills and, and experiment and do some things and get your feet wet and actually experience it. Gardening is a classic example of that. There are a lot of people that think that they've, uh, just because they've got some seeds, they're going to throw them into the ground and everything's going to turn out. Okay. Anyone who's ever gardened and <laughs> especially if you homestead, right,
2: mm-hmm. you,
3: you know, that's just simply not the case. And and so you've, you've got time now. That's the cool thing about what I call peace time, which is what we're in. And I think we're in the collapse. It's begun. There are tangible signs of it that I don't need to elaborate on because everybody mm-hmm. knows. That's why they're watching and listening to a show like this because they mm-hmm. know that. But mm-hmm. um, Slow burn. Slow burn, but mm-hmm. in peacetime, you have time, and you should be very thankful that you have time. You have time to learn things, practice things, do things, and stretch outside of your comfort zone. I And you mentioned ham radio, so here we go on that topic. I wasn't particularly interested in ham radio, but I realized how important it was. I've since become interested in it, but I'm I'm not like crazy, super into it by any means. But that was an example of something I didn't know anything about. And I had to stretch myself, get outside my comfort zone and learn something new because it was so undeniably important to know how to do. And that's one of the things that separates, I think, successful preppers from Hobbyists and people who talk big right mm-hmm. they, they they sit on the couch and they don't do stuff or they just they I call it the buy it now right the Amazon buy it now preppers they see something like seeds they swipe that thing they buy it now, and then they think that their checkbox has been checked or their box has been checked and they they've got nothing to worry about but um, it, it's a better way to live when you when you challenge yourself when you try new things when you new learn new things, you're a more complete person
0: Mm
2: -hmm. and
3: it's a better way to live. And uh, anyway, I'm Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm motivating myself. No, you're good. You're
0: good. I was just looking at the chat to see if there were questions. You know, I, I think like I think you're right. I think we do need to stretch ourselves a little bit outside of the comfort zone. Sometimes you don't have to know everything about something. You just need to be aware of it. And, you know, I I would say to folks that you also don't need to have or know everything. You know, if you if you know your neighbors or the people around you, a lot of that could help. And if you, for example, specialize in something, then that gives you an ability to barter. So when everyone starts like I've been doing the gun thing here since 2013 and you know what they say, like, you know, buy low, sell high or Or trade when things are happening and some of that happened during this time if I had friends that they were you know they didn't get enough ammo or something like that okay you know what you got (laughs) there's always some some bartering that you could do with things so
1: that's one of the things I learned really early in life is that everybody is useful and I don't mean that like a derogatory way, like like people are are too stupid and therefore they're useful. I mean like everybody has a skill and a lot mm-hmm. of people have skills that I don't have and I have skills that a lot of other people don't have. And there's a there's a happy marriage there. Like you were saying, like somebody didn't have the proper amount of ammo and can't go hunting. Well I I have the proper amount of ammo and the hunting skills. Mm-hmm. What do you have in trade? And that's really I don't think there's any anything as being off grid technically. Like
2: mm-hmm.
1: you need to have that that grid, even if it's not like the electric grid or something along those lines, you need to have that grid of friends that you can rely on and count on in your, your own personal network because you can't survive on your own.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. And a lot of us, the internet
0: has led a, a lot of people to be that way, unfortunately, you know, that we're, we're, we're less uh, connected to people, even though it seems like we're, we are more connected. In some ways, but I guess the guys that you're playing video games with online can't necessarily save you. Sometimes yeah, too they far away. Yeah, sometimes they can save you. I mean, you know, if you're having a heart attack, they might be able to call 911 for you, you know, for sure. But they can't always, you know, save you. You really do have to think about uh, your neighbors and what are they up to and what things can they offer. And I think even your location has a lot to do with that, right? Yep. Yeah. Glenn did you want to uh you know did you have did you have some other things here that you wanted to add yeah. to that mm-hmm.
3: I wanted to amplify the point that everybody is useful, and I won't give away storyline mm-hmm. spoilers, but there's actually a chapter that talks about this it's based on a song by Lucinda Williams um, a lot of <laughs> storylines and settings. And things come from music for me because, I mean, I mean I Miss America came from Merle Haggard, so what does that tell you? Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, it, it's illustrated in the 299 Days books.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
3: and instead of like a white paper that says everyone has skills for the following eight bullet-pointed reasons, um, when you see the story and you, you relate to people and you see the examples – and the story unfolds and people that you didn't think would be very useful end up being useful. And it's not, you know, comic book cheesy like, you know, the, the loser kid ends up being like the one who saves the day. I mean, there's no comic book cheesiness to 299 days. Again, it's very real and practical. But um, we, did a, we did a segment or an episode, I should say, of Prepping 2.0 that talked about the different jobs or roles it had a bug out location and we came up with 15 of them and we mm. described what each role was and what it entailed and why it was important and who might be good at doing it. And when you hear that, you conclude that you probably ideally would need about 15 people. Right. And so this you, you guys are so right. This idea of the lone wolves that are going to just go off into a national forest with a with a sharp knife and some duct tape. Go like Rambo. Yeah. From from the office, that famous episode where he's you know, he goes out in the woods. and mm-hmm. it's, it's funny. But um, the community is absolutely critical. One of the one of the reasons we named Prepping 2.0 Prepping 2.0 was because it's that next level. Of preparedness and we think that the number one thing in the next level is community recognizing the importance of it being part of it giving to the community and also understanding what you can get out of the community and going about community the right way the safe way i mean you know putting a, a thing on craigslist saying uh, looking for prepping community um you know come <laughs> to my well-stocked house and come oh, check yeah. it out you know that would be a bad idea but right community is critical. And my, my model for that, again, there's nothing creative about what I come up with. I just look at human beings throughout the world at different times in history. They're all pretty much the same. And community exists for a reason. There, there's no, there's no, uh, history of a, of a nation of lone wolves. Now I'm not talking about being independent because that's obviously important. We need to be self-reliant and all of that. I'm not, you know, uh, a communist. I don't believe in the hive mentality, obviously, but community makes sense. You need people who know how to fix your water well. And in return, you provide them some security and it doesn't have to be formal. Um, it's just getting along. And I grew up in a very rural area. I now live in a very rural area in a small town in Montana. And every single day we live that the ideal that everybody just helps everybody and you get along and you, you're not greedy because that, that doesn't last very long. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. people, yeah. people don't appreciate it and then they don't share with you. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's second nature to a lot of people. I think it's a lot easier if you're in a rural area um, to, to live like this and to view community as, as, as positively as we all do. Um, it's harder in a suburb and it's really hard in an urban area. Mm-hmm. because there isn't a lot of community. I, mean, I know there are neighborhoods and there are people that get along and everything. I'm not saying that there is no community. It's just not, you know, the kind of community, like if you need to borrow my snow plow, it's okay. Cause you know, the city plows the streets. That's, you know, That's in not New okay. York.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How are you doing on time, Steve? I know, I know we're going a little oh, bit. I'm doing over good. Here. I'm doing okay. good. Okay. Everyone. Uh, how about you, Glenn? Are you,
3: I'm at your disposal. I I okay. owe you one. So, I mean, yeah, I, I have all the time in the world.
0: Yeah, I think we can go I think we can go a little bit longer here um and stretch it out a little bit. Um, you know what I remember so so I was born in in Guyana in South America, which is like considered the Caribbean, and my mom was a very resourceful person and when we first came to live in America, we didn't have a lot. And um, you know, you know like There's, There used to be these lines. I don't know if they still do it this way. I think they've modernized it. But they would have like where you could go. And for welfare, they would just give out like cheese or bread, things like that, milk and stuff like that. And so we weren't on welfare or anything like that. But my mom would go there and a lot of people around us, which... You know, you come to America from the Caribbean, you typically wind up living in a Caribbean neighborhood, just like if you came from Italy, you live in an Italian neighborhood, etc. So my mom would go and collect, like, you know, the government cheese and collect that more than what she needed and bring it back for other people who were too proud to go there and collect that stuff. And I kind of learned from, like, that's a way to to make yourself you know, resourceful or helpful to people by doing something that other people don't want to do, you know? And then not everyone's going to appreciate that, obviously, but I think that, you know, this is a kind of... Like, we're missing that a lot in this world. You don't... I don't believe in in super specializing, but at the end of the day, there are people who have things that they could do that other people don't want to do. And that becomes something valuable that... You know, under those circumstances, you could share with other people. If you're the person who learned how to sew or learn how to plant things or do things that other folks do not want to do, that's going to come in handy, you know, when things get bad. And you can use that to create a community around yourself.
3: Yeah, and we don't have to worry about that now in peacetime with everything humming along and everything being groovy. You don't need to know what you, what skills you have and you don't need to... Rely on other people because you know there's an app for that, right? Mm-hmm, I mean mm-hmm. um, and and when things break down, people are gonna find that they do need other people, and they're gonna find that other people need them. I mean, everything is a two-way street, and it's going to be eye-opening. There was a, a fascinating study um after World War Two. It was about Britain and the Battle of Britain, and, and you know, people forget how London was completely bombed out. I mean, it was it was horrible. It was it was it's like it was like Ukraine. I mean, mm-hmm. it was terrible conditions. Mm-hmm. And they assumed going into World War II, when they saw the Battle of Britain was unfolding and the bombing was going on, they assumed that a lot of people um, that were on the margins of society that didn't fit in, they were quote losers or whatever, mm-hmm. that they would have a lot of depression problems. And everything. And some did. But a whole lot of people that didn't fit in to modern peacetime society ended up being the fire wardens. They ended up being the rescue people, the, the, the air watch people. They ended up doing all kinds of volunteer stuff. And they found their niche when society changed and different things were valued now. Mm-hmm. Um, being brave and caring and compassionate, being a nurse, for example, and being compassionate and decent never was terribly valued, but it was when there were a whole lot of blown up people that were injured. Mm -hmm. And so they, they were stunned to find that, that so many so-called losers found their place. That's another thing that happens in 299 days that you're going to be treated to, that you're going to be finding out um, all kinds of people that found their place in this radically changed world. And I think we're going to see a lot of that. So it's not all negative, by by all means, I don't want this collapse to keep going and I don't want there to Mm -hmm. be horrible conditions. Nobody does. Uh, right. No sane person does. And and by the way, my, my military friends that have been in combat, they'll be the first to tell you that, you know, glamorizing a civil war is an is a absolutely idiotic thing. I mean, so uh, nobody should fine. want it. And the people that have been through other countries' civil wars will tell you how awful it is. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I know that, I know there's people who think that there's going to be some kind of great reset, uh, and then maybe your debts go away and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't matter. That's like thinking if you move from one state to another, that's going to change your personal problems that you have. That just changes your location, you know? So if we... If yeah, you got to fix your head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You you definitely have to, uh, you know, you definitely have to learn how to fix yourself, you know? So that if you can fix yourself right now, I think... Ultimately, like no, no society, no civilization lives, really makes it forever. We've got some old civilizations that are around, but there's always, you know, these like dips and uh, there's always ebbs and flows in civilization and America's had a pretty good long run and it could, and it could get better also, you know, I came here in the 80s, man. It was pretty terrible. I don't know if people really remember the 80s. (laughs)
3: The early yeah. 80s in particular, I yeah. mean, they keep talking about 40% high inflation now. Well, 40 years ago say, yeah. was yeah. 1982. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember, you know, my mom, I grew up poor. Um, mm-hmm. My mom was so thrilled to get a, a mortgage rate at only 9.25% because mm. she said, even if we're on welfare, we can pay it back.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, yeah. And that was the early 80s.
0: Yeah. I came here in the in, in in 83 man and lived in New York City and it was not fun times. You know, and New York is going to see that again unfortunately. Um lots of cities are going to see that again. But it's almost like a, a thing that, that that has to happen. You don't want it to happen though, but it has to happen. We we need to things need to sometimes break or break down in order for people to realize that they have to work on making things better. You know. So
3: yeah, they have to They have, to have a reason to do something new, which would be work in your example. And I think mm-hmm. that, that, that there's a lot more work that needs to be done by a lot more people. Um, I find work very satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm not working, you know, it's a little weird to me. I feel like I should be. And that doesn't mean I don't rest and all that other stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. But
3: um, I right look around, you, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and see a lot of problems that could be solved um, if people worked more but that's okay. reaching to the choir
1: let me ask you both my, of you guys go, go ahead go ahead steve sorry I was gonna say, my, my wife hates it when i start trying to fix things that are totally beyond <laughs> like, yeah. i've got a, i've got a chevy truck and when i drive forward at 40 miles an hour it tells me your backup lights are are infunctional right now because you're towing a trailer it's like i don't need to know this information right now it's, <laughs> yeah I, I don't care yeah that's that you know,
0: so and you're trying to fix that. And she's trying to tell you what, like, leave it alone. It leave really it alone. Matter. Don't
1: worry about that. Why do you stress out about this stuff? Why does it make you so angry? I'm like, I'm not angry, but I mean, come on. Don't you use your own product, people? Yeah. <laughs> Scary. Scary. The stuff that makes it out to, to production.
0: <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you two guys this. What, what are the big warning signs for you that things or what are you looking out for to say that things are really going to turn do you have those people always asking me there's different a lot of different things that I do and people always ask me when's this bubble going to bust you know when's that bubble going to bust when do you think we're really going to what are your warning signs or signals that oh everything's really about to get crazy go ahead
1: Okay. Um I was like no glad you first. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I you go first I if think, you want. Yeah. I think that we're in this scenario where uh, you guys mentioned slow burn earlier and I think we're already in that slow burn scenario. There's a lot a lot of warning signs out there that things are going in the wrong direction. There's, there's this old saying that uh I'm probably going to butcher it because I'm doing it live. Um strong men create Good times, good times create weak men, weak men create bad times, bad times create strong men. Did I get that right? Uh, something I think we're like in that, that, yeah. I mm-hmm. think we're in that scenario where um, there's been a lot of really good times and mm-hmm. and, and, and good is relative. I mean, there were times that, that you know, what, what we're in now is that things are so... I don't know. I guess the right word is soft. Things are so soft that we can start thinking about things that don't really matter as much, instead of thinking about things that really do matter. And you can see, you can see the way the markets are going. There's a lot of um, return to precious metals, and there's a lot of interest in, um, you know, firearms and personal protection and stuff like that. And those are all tells. Like people don't feel secure in the banking system. People don't feel secure in the police force in their areas. And I'm not saying anything bad about police officers. I'm just saying it's a situation that we're in where Mm -hmm. people start to take matters into their own hands. And those Mm -hmm. it's a small group of people. But, uh, you know, when you start to see like the the local laundromat's got a we buy gold sign in the window, there's some stuff going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: you can kind of you're saying like when you see the zeitgeist of everyone out there starts
1: like this becomes commonplace for everyone to think that. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of people that are stacking gold and silver now, but not as many people as there will be when times get even worse than they are. Mm -hmm.
0: The funny thing about that is how, you know, how useful is the gold and silver going to be for you? And I'm not saying it's not going to be useful, but it really depends on exactly what's going on, right? Or whether or not that's tradable, whether or not that's actual currency,
1: It's not an immediate solution. Your, your right. gold and silver is a protection. It's, it's a hedge against inflation currently. Mm-hmm. It's a protection for you for when the system changes. So the, mm-hmm. the big corollary that we'll talk about is Weimar Republic. When the, um, the Reichmark went, went bad, people would take a wheelbarrow full of cash down to the grocery store, dump the cash out in the, in the front parking lot, take the wheelbarrow in, trade that for a loaf of bread go back out you Mm -hmm. know because the wheelbarrow had more value than all the cash that was in it Mm -hmm. the gold is there when whatever happens after that you can then take the gold and convert that back into your local currency you do need like a short-term plan and a long-term plan your short-term plan is a bucket full of 22 lr for marmot hunting that you can Mm -hmm. trade for you know either you take that and you find squirrels to eat, or you take that and you trade that for a loaf of bread because all you have is squirrel meat and you're getting a little tired of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need you need a short-term plan, food stores, you need a, a, a slightly longer-term plan of how to get more food stores, and then a slightly longer-term plan of what to do when the world comes back. Mm-hmm. Good points. Uh, Glenn?
3: Boy, I, I'll start off with uh, the the observation, and it's what you guys have mentioned, that uh, we're in a slow burn, and um, I I don't think people should be looking for that one big event. You know, uh, the the internet gets hacked, or the electrical grid goes down, or there's an EMP. All those things are possible, and all those things would create a full on collapse very quickly. and they And they could happen, and you should have a a plan for those things. But don't just be looking for the big dramatic stuff. Um, the more dramatic something is, the less likely it is to occur. And so factor that in. But things that I look at are um, supply chain disruptions, empty shelves in general, inflation. I've been screaming at the rooftops for years that inflation was coming. And uh, and and now it is. And of course, it's, it's a lot worse than the 8.5% they came out with yesterday morning. It's mm-hmm. probably closer to double that. But anyway, right. that's, a, yeah. that's a detail. Um, right. Another thing that I look for uh, is the, the U.S. dollar not being the world reserve currency. Mm-hmm. Because that means there We're will be really close to that. A, lot less, a lot less demand for U.S. dollars, which means the value of dollars would go down. Mm-hmm. We currently have Russia. Um, it's, it's true. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's not Internet nonsense the Russian ruble uh, until June 29th, I think that's, when it, it, that's the trial period when it ends, the Russian ruble is backed by gold. And that's a huge problem for the dollar. Um, I don't know if it's true. I don't know where it's at. I don't, I'm not a Saudi prince, but apparently uh, Saudi Arabia is going to sell oil in other currencies, Chinese currencies. All this takes away from the demand for the US dollar which is artificially high cuz it's the way that you buy and sell things globally for the mm-hmm. most part. Right. And so once that happens and it's going to happen quickly, it's it's going to be a series of I think orchestrated events, orchestrated in the sense that there are people, you know, that that decide when they're going to crash the dollar, they get out of the dollar first and then they crash the dollar. And then all of a sudden we're not talking about 8.5% inflation rates, you know, per year we're talking eight point five percent you know per month or something like that and then you get hyperinflation And the system we have cannot possibly survive with hyperinflation obviously nobody is going to get eight point five percent pay raises every month so they're gonna have a lot less purchasing power we're getting a taste of it now it's gonna get worse as even more of that federal spending stuff works its way through the system that's the thing it takes months or really years for inflation to, to take off once the money has been artificially created. And, uh, and a lot of, it, you know, it started in the Trump administration. The Trump administration was spending too much money and was borrowing too much money. Biden mm-hmm. is just absolutely, you know, multiplied that several fold. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying both sides are, are, are equal in this, but I mean, mm-hmm. it did start with Trump and we're seeing some of the Trump inflation. Yes, I said that. Mm-hmm. Um, right now but we're really gonna see the biden inflation um probably when trump is back in office in 2024 uh mm-hmm. then he'll get blamed for it but um this is <laughs> but uh, so uh yeah. disruption i think mm-hmm. that um crime is something and and you know you mentioned people buying guns um, when people don't feel safe i think another thing to look for is the rise in private security um When people, and it's not, you know, just some Robocop movie that I've watched too many times and I think it's real life. I think Robocop, in a lot of ways, is going to be real life. There's going to be tons of private security because the police can't or won't or aren't allowed to or some combination thereof Mm -hmm. are not going to be able to control crime. Crime's going to go through the roof and you're going to have private security contractors. That you have that in a lot of places in the world. I, I, I know Guyana and Panama are two different places in different parts of mm-hmm. C- Central and South America. But um, mm-hmm. I know that in, in Panama, you know, people would have armed compounds, villas, and they would have security guards if they had any money. You're going to see a lot of that. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to see um, what we call on Prepping 2.0, the cartelification of america and that doesn't mean you know mexican drug cartels and i'm not saying it's a perfect analogy but the idea that the government has less and less real control over various areas and that's true of mexico and mm-hmm. the government is corrupt that's really true of mexico and you have non-governmental entities um often bad guys um, i'm not saying there there are you know mother teresa cartels or anything like that right mm-hmm. and you have you know uh, groups come in and provide basic governmental services when the government can't or won't, they usually extract a high price for that, like absolute loyalty, and it ends up turning out horrifically like like in Mexico. But when you, you look at a, at a political and economic system um, like Mexico with the cartels and the role that cartels play in the political and the economic system, I think it's undeniable that America's future is going to look a lot more cartelly. A word I just made up. I like to make (laughs) up one word. won't show. It's going to look a little more cartelly um, than most people would believe. And that comes on slowly. So it's hard to see. But when you start perceiving that that's going on, that should let you know that we're in an entirely different era. And there's, there's no going back. Um, There's no waving of magic wands. Society's don't do that. They they don't go from uh, brutal brutal systems to nice ones. Now sometimes the brutal guys get killed off, and but that's that's pretty rare. Um, America, you know, in the 1700s was was a rarity. It was absolutely unheard of for liberty to actually be enforced, and uh, so that's another reason that civil wars and revolutions are are not great things because they rarely turn out well. So. Those are some things to, to look for. Um, just keep looking at the headlines and, and have an open mind and know that there are reasonable things you can do to prepare to make yourself way better off for what's undeniably coming.
0: Yeah. I think there's several things, you know, as you were speaking there that I, that I was thinking, hey, we're, we're already seeing lots of signs of those things. Um, you know, you you mentioned RoboCop. I know it, it's just it's just happening. What is it in Shanghai or something that they have robot dogs out there uh, telling people to stay off the streets? Uh, don't believe that we're uh, that we're far away from that either. Here uh, you were talking about the currency. Um, I think recently Biden, you know, asked uh, certain uh, members of government, certain uh, government organizations to look into a crypto
3: to replace the dollar. <laughs> Digital dollar, yeah, it's for real. It's not a myth. It's not an. It's not an internet. You know, wives no, tale. it's not a thing. That's yeah, real.
0: that's out there. You guys can look it up. So, I think there are a lot of those uh, warning signs that you could see. You, you mentioned, uh, you know, private security. Yeah, there's people already doing that in lots of different places that they're, um, that, you know, because, you know, either the police is getting canceled or, or defunded, and then people don't feel safe that they're getting private security. And I've also noticed a lot of, uh, there's people in America, especially if, let's say, let's put it not necessarily in the wealthiest Americans, but people who we would consider to have wealth. There's lots of those people just straight up leaving America. And going somewhere yeah. else, if that makes any yep. kind of sense to you. But I'm seeing Didn't that. Did that lot. happen
1: in a book somewhere?
0: Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I don't know, like a, like a book. Yeah, America is the place that you go to. I've lived in quite a few places, including I lived in Nigeria before we lived here in America. Uh, when. When you see people (laughs) leaving America to go live, like, let's say in Mexico, for example, or, you know, other third world countries. I have a friend who is living in Nicaragua. Okay. I mean, I'm with it. I've lived, I was born, and I've lived outside of America. It's not a good sign. Nope. Yeah, it's not a good sign. And it's, you know, I'm not knocking anyone who's done it, by the way. I'm not trying to knock you. I I feel like you could do whatever you want to, but... It's interesting think about it you know what's happening people are c- trying to get in here and then the people here who have so people who don't have anything in their countries because they're terrible are coming here are, are risking everything to come here and then people who have stuff that are here are leaving here and going to those places <laughs> what yeah <laughs> yeah
1: yeah Yeah, i have a friend who was born in africa moved to france moved to the u.s and now he's moving back to africa because africa is better for him Mm. yeah
0: yeah that's an interesting thing the day when you see me decide to go back and live in nigeria that's your big (laughs) warning sign that you've been looking for yeah Yeah. (laughs) yeah yeah so it's i don't know i i think um you know I think, yeah, you're right. You guys are right. There's a lot of stuff that's already happening, and it doesn't mean it's the end of the world. It doesn't mean it will be the end of the world. You know, Who knows how many times the world has ended? It's probably ended a lot of times.
3: Well, you bring up a good point, and the phrase is always the end of the world as we know it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And the key part right. of
3: that is as we know it. The end of America, I mean the American way of life, would be like just another Wednesday evening in a lot, in a lot of places in the world. Mm-hmm. It, it wouldn't. It would. It's not the end of the world. It's only as we know it, and we have it pretty good. I'm not saying we don't, um, mm-hmm. but it's it's gonna constantly change. I mean, uh, maybe there's been a lot of change in my lifetime. Uh, I was born in the late '60s. I'm in my mid '50s now, and so maybe it's just my perspective. Maybe every generation or every person thinks that a lot has happened in their Mm-hmm. lifetime, but I think there's been a ton of change. Um one of the things I do, and I do it rarely because it bums me out, so I shouldn't do it very often, mm-hmm. and that is I'll go on YouTube and I'll I'll watch T V commercials from the nineteen eighties. And okay. man, <laughs> man, man has the world changed. Yeah. And I want to be a Toys R Us rest. kid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean there are all these ads and and, and people yeah. see. Where's happy the beef? And, yeah, and there's and there's no
0: yeah. Where's no, where's the unbeliever meat? That's what it would be today. Can you can yeah. you believe that people are actually eating unbeliever meat? <laughs> I don't believe it. <laughs> yeah.
3: So society's always changing, and mm-hmm. and there'll be big events and things. You know, like if you know anybody who's you know gone through alcoholism or something, they have to hit rock bottom. Societies are the same way. They have to hit rock bottom before they even realize they need to get their stuff together.
2: Mm-hmm. And yep, yep.
3: I, I think that's happening in America. We're on an obvious decline. And I don't know what rock bottom looks like. I hope it's as, as nice as possible, whatever rock bottom is. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's what happens to societies. And we're no different. You know? Just because just we live in America doesn't mean... We're unique. I mean, we are unique in a lot of ways, but we're not 100% unique.
0: We're not immune. We're also not immune from anything that could happen anywhere in the world. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So listen, let me do this because I know it is getting late uh, and, and we should probably wrap this up. Hopefully we'll have you come back on here. Uh, this yes, was, I would love it. Absolutely. You're absolutely invited. This is also Steve of Temporarily Offline's first time on here. I hope you had a good time also.
1: Steve? Oh, definitely. First time, not last time.
0: Okay, sweet. So here's what I'm going to do here to, to wrap up the show. I'm going to uh, start with Steve and let you guys tell the folks out there who are listening and watching this how they can communicate with you guys, support you. Um, and then then I'll actually run in the end and we'll come back and someone's going to leave us with the words of wisdom. That's traditionally how we do it here. So I'll start with Steve. For the folks out there, how can they communicate, support you? Where should they go to get get your stuff?
1: Yeah, I don't know if it came through, but I dropped a link in the chat to my YouTube channel. I do uh, ham radio and technical stuff, and I try to, as as Hank mentioned earlier, I try to keep it lighthearted and, and fun as opposed to grumpy old man, do it my way or else. I'm very encouraging, and uh, I like to have people come along for the journey and, and help to... Because I, w- I want the world to be a better place. I want to lift people up like, like I want to be lifted up. So uh, that's what I do. I have a YouTube channel. It's called Temporarily Offline Ham Radio, and I do all things communication.
0: Awesome. Thank you. And Glenn, uh, same question for you, my friend.
1: Yeah, probably the uh,
3: central location for everything is the podcast website, which is prepping two dash zero.com prepping two dash zero.com. You can subscribe on all your usual platforms, iTunes and all that other stuff you can listen to us on the, the website. Um, I've, then there's two nine, nine days.com, which is the book's website. And I have a, uh, Ham radio uh, electronic flashcards that teach preppers everything they need to know about ham radio. It's all practical stuff, it's not technical stuff. And that's PAM radio, which stands for Prepper Amateur Radio. Okay.
0: <laughs> Have you heard of that,
1: Steve? That's cool. No, but I'm looking yeah. it up now. Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. PAM radio.com. Okay. Um, started off when I had to teach my team guys about ham radio. And I thought I'd write them out on index cards. And a friend of mine who's a millennial reminded me how old and stupid I was. I was, Index cards. <laughs> what, what's an <laughs> what's index that? card? What is that? Yeah. Mm. And I uh, said, why don't you do an app? So being the Dumbo that I am, I said, how hard could it be? So I mm-hmm. uh, did an app and uh, people can learn all the practical stuff from that. My wife is, uh, is a fellow... Um, Prepper, novelist, has a three-book series out called A Great State, which oh, is at cool. a greatstate.com But again, prepping2-0.com is the central location for all these these little offshoot things that I'm talking about.
0: All right. Very cool. And I believe that your podcast is on the Firearms Radio Network. Am I wrong already? Right it
3: sure it? is. Okay, and We're cool. very, very happy to be here. Yeah. Right. We Absolutely.
0: love it. We're both on the same uh, network. We're both on the yeah. Firearms Radio Network. Um so shout out to everyone there. Everyone who's listening to my podcast should go uh, check uh, Prepping 2.0, right? Yep. Make sure you, got that, you guys check that out. Of course, please go to Temporarily Offline and uh, you know tell them that you, you yeah. heard about this from, uh, from watching the show. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to run in the end. I'm going to come back. Which one of you gentlemen is going to leave us with words of wisdom?
3: Probably Steve because he's more okay. wise.
0: Yeah, point that point uh, no I think it's got to be you Glenn Steve nominated you I nominate you
1: here <laughs> I, I did it first I was first <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. so uh
0: yeah that's what we'll do let me run <laughs> in the end here it's gonna be real quick let me uh let me do that now mm all right guys thanks so much for listening to us here as i mentioned we are on the firearms radio network we're gonna rip out this audio throw it up on itunes podbean audible all the places Spre- well i think we're on spreaker also all the places you get your audio podcast from we really do appreciate everyone hanging out here with us i don't think there's a show tomorrow night we've got some uh wait what's today is today wednesday or thursday wednesday. Oh, it's when, oh, there is a Wednesday. show tomorrow then. <laughs> there actually is one tomorrow. Okay, so there won't be one Friday. Big thanks to Steve of Temporarily Offline, as well as Glenn Tate, author and lawyer, for joining us here. You guys can uh, look up the uh, 299 Days series, as well as Prepping 2.0. Glenn, words of wisdom, sir.
3: If you're a man, and most listeners of this show are, if you're a man... Your job is to provide for your family. That's politically incorrect, but I don't give a shit. So the way to provide for your family in uncertain times like this is to prepare for uncertain times like this. Your job is to make sure your family is going to eat and be safe. And it's very doable. And get off your ass and do it. It's your job. Do your damn job.
0: Absolutely. Well said. All right. (laughs) Absolutely. I loved it. You guys stay right there. We'll see you guys tomorrow. (laughs) Let me uh, make sure I press all the appropriate buttons to end the show properly here.